Week four recap. Week four recap. Steve Fezzik here. It's Monday night. It's dark outside. A lot of people are home next to the fire. Well, I don't think there's fires necessarily in October, but maybe. Not in, in Vegas. In Vegas, we have fireplaces that emit no heat. Oh, well, listen, if we can find any way to get away from reality and get into some cyber universe, we will. But this is the recap show. Feedback's been great. We're going to get straight to it. One of the things we try to improve a little bit here is getting through the games with efficiency, meaning, hey, if we got a deep dive, we'll deep dive. But like bumbling and mumbling, you know, that was for. No, no, no. We've done extra work this week, and next week it'll be even more of trying to make this super efficient. We're going to start every recap show, Fez, with your games that you have the strongest take on. Sometimes furious Fez, which means he lost a game. Or it could be a faulty final, or it could be whatever. Dealer's choice. Yeah, let's go faulty final. Let's go Washington-Dallas. For all disclosures, did you have a pick on this game? No. All right, because we want to know when you're complaining for the right reasons and the wrong. Tell us. All right, so Dallas won by 15, but uh, this was an example where the ball just bounced right for the Cowboys all game long. So Dallas was lucky. Dallas was lucky. Plus two in turnovers. You look at the underlying stats. Both teams gained just under 300 yards. Comparable first downs. I'm not saying Dallas shouldn't have won the game. Maybe by three. But 15, no. It can't, can't go that far. Okay, so you kind of rattled off a few elements of it. Let's get a little more specific. So what we do every week, and we might make this available here soon. We'll see. But what we do is we go over the stats. And McKenzie does a lot of this work. We are, I think, innovating a few things here. So one thing I'm looking at right now is, as you said, the actual final was a 15-point final. Is that 15? Yep. 25-10. You don't see that score very much. You know what's funny? Remember the one that was 11-10? What game was that recently? Uh, there was an 11 Yeah, Denver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. San Fran, Denver? Yes. I Somehow I remembered the Steelers played the Chargers, and it was the first 11-10 ever, like 10 years ago. Mm. So it's kind of funny. I think that's right. The but irony is we're, we're taping right as the Monday night game is ending, and San Fran's winning by 15 yeah, tonight and they, as they well. They won by 15. <laughs> there you go. All right. And speaking of that, we will have the Monday recap on Straight Out of Vegas AM, which you're going to be a guest on almost every Tuesday show. It will be the overnight taping on Monday. Okay. Um... Okay, looking at the stats, our numbers say Dallas should have won by only one point, Fez. Kevin Cole said one point. They won by 15. But it's not turnovers because if you look at the turnover luck, Dallas benefited by two points, and that's it. So what was it? Could the stats be deceiving? Well, Washington did get 300 yards, and they only turned it into 10 points, so that means failures you get, you know, approach the red zone or get into the red zone, that they certainly should have scored more than 10 points. Okay, so red zone luck. Now, Mackenzie, we're doing some work on red zone luck. Do we have something on this specific game? Yeah, Dallas got seven and a half points lucky in the green zone, as we deem it. All right, so the green zone, Mm. the money green zone, is from the 33-yard line in, 50-yard field goal and in. And that's usually, well, that's when you scored not a lot of the time. So you were right. Now, amongst that, was that Dallas's offense? What was Washington's offense? I'm only have the combined score. Let me look at the individual. Oh, no, no, no. So you're saying combined it was that many points. Yes. Okay, that's great. And Dallas actually should not have scored 25 points. They only had 270 yards of offense. That doesn't equate to a 25-point day. So it was probably fortunate. You know, luck for Dallas got, in the green zone. Yeah, we got 20 points is based on the stats where they should have scored. Mm. And uh, they ended up scoring 25. So that probably sounds about right. 
Okay. And we had the final at 2019. So now here's the dilemma. The stats say it's a virtually equal game. Dallas was favored by three. Do I keep the ratings the same? And I said, you know what? It's a 15-point differential. It's just too much of a differential for me not to make some adjustment. I did upgrade Dallas by half a point. And a big part of that is, you know, this Cooper Rush, he is so much better than we expected that um, I've got him ranked now, and I wanted to ask you this. I have Cooper Rush, Uh the number 28 quarterback in the league, tied with Geno Smith right now. Okay, well, first off, you've got the two quarterbacks, I think, on the positive side that are the most worthy of discussion Mm. because Geno Smith was outstanding. I mean, and he's been good in pretty much every game. Yeah, you know, and here's a journeyman guy. Where was he starting the year for you? I had him three and a half. I've upgraded him a point and a half. Geno Smith? Yes. Okay, okay, I can accept that. I mean, at least you've, yeah, I don't know if it's two more or two and a half, but I think you're in the right direction. How much have you upgraded Cooper Rush? Cooper Rush, I've upgraded, oh my goodness, three points. See, I don't think that's enough. I, I agree. But I mean, I'm the, market, the, the market says you're wrong. I mean, like we were talking during the Wednesday show. Remember, Wednesday we do the picks. By the way, three and two week. We started out three and oh, Fez. Mm. And then we had Tampa. Or I guess we had um, Denver, which I was a top. I mean, I don't know if we should have won, but we could have won. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we had Minnesota minus two and a half. So I'm not going to complain too much this week. Um but even so, in the Dallas game, I remember that you tried, you were like given the benefit of the doubt, always the Dallas, as you were thinking about the numbers, and it's still you were short on this, right? Yeah, exactly. It came to like Dallas by one and a half or something, exactly. right? Exactly. And I think, I think you, you nailed it. I'm not giving Cooper Rush enough um, credit. And maybe this is a case where, you know, my quarterback rating directionally is correct if he went to another team. But for whatever reason. Well, who knows? Who I mean, knows? how would you even know that? Right? I, 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 well, it's Are just, we talking about Geno Smith or Cooper Rush? I'm talking about Cooper Rush now. Okay. Yeah, if anything, we've only seen him with one team. It's hard to believe he's suddenly the 22nd best quarterback in the league after three games. There was something. Is that where you got him? I am 26th right now. Okay. So, I'm sorry, 28th right now. 28th. All right. So you're saying if I would upgrade him even more, you're starting to get into the zone of like not being reasonable. Except right. here's the thing. Where's Carson Wentz? Oh, my goodness. That's a good point. 25th. All right. So do you really think Carson Wentz right now is better than Cooper Rush? Not Sunday, this coming Sunday, but over the course of the rest of the year, yes. Wow. But except what has Cooper Rush done to cause you – let's just say this. Trevor Lawrence – who people wanted an apology because he threw, a, I, I guess, a touchdown pass this year. He had five, <laughs> he had five turnovers. Now five that, himself. Yes. Not the and, team. And, and, and believe, believe me, they were all, they were all his own. Now, it, this is an, an interesting well, I heard, I heard the guys from The Athletic spent 20 minutes talking about how great he was on one of his interceptions. Mm. <laughs> Honest to God. Well, what was not great is he was just running with the ball and he just dropped it. But it was a pouring rainstorm, so maybe maybe Was it a pouring rainstorm or was it raining? It was it was a pouring rainstorm. It was really Well, good. it seems like Jalen Hurts did fine. He didn't did drop just, the ball. No, yeah. He, but, but it, it, that he, he was be, picked in the second round, by the way. Be his kryptonite. Maybe it didn't rain in Clemson. Well, you know what's funny? You just let into like a great comment. I should hold this back, but I don't hold him back. Mm. I should. It was actually that Tice dude whose dad was a coach said he went and said, when else did uh, Trevor Lawrence play in, in really inclement weather, really bad weather? Only one game 
in college that have really bad weather, and he had a horrible game there too. So he's 0 for 2 in really bad weather. Let's put that in our pocket. I love that. Right? Now that is the dream moment. Cue it it up. Well, you know, we're lifting, but we're giving credit. And there's so many ancillary ways to bet this because you can bet him interceptions. You can bet total turnovers of the game, bet against the team, et cetera, et cetera. I like it. I like it. Bet under uh, win or under point total for that team. And I like sometimes if you have a general thesis – Go kind of wide with it because you don't quite know. Diversify exactly. You don't want it to be a bad luck takes you down. Look at look at the, the weather in that that Philly game went over the forty six for for the, for the total points because there are so many turnovers that that created scores. And it, you know, let's do that game. Let's segue to that game, and then we can keep talking Cooper Rush though. Keep those up. All right. So here's we're going to segue to that game. And then we'll go to the Geno Smith game. Then we'll go with the rest of your passionate ones. But these all have a thematic thread, I think, right? Mm-hmm. So QBR, Cooper Rush, start one. This is this year, right? Yes. What, what about last year's number against, was it Green Bay? The Vikings. Oh, the Vikings. I'll, I'll grab that one. In Minnesota. So this year, QBR of 82 in the first game, hmm. 70 in the second game, 75 in the third game. Now, this year's QBR has been down for almost every quarterback across the league. It's been down. These defenses is too high shell. The new approach is really causing trouble Mm -hmm. across the league. Now, what else we're seeing is running the ball so much more. You look at Atlanta. Now, I know it was because of injuries with Cleveland, but they ran the ball, ran the ball. You're seeing a lot of teams run the ball a lot, Philly being one also. My point is, if Cooper Rush never had, and even though he won against Minnesota, his QBR wasn't all that good, but in these three games, it's been outstanding. So where's Cooper Rush and QBR in the league right now? Let's look at that. And you know, Mackenzie, if you don't mind, as we're getting through the pod here. Number four, by the way, Cooper Rush. All right, so wow. this is the fourth best quarterback in the league. By EPA, I think he's like four, too. Do me, but really, by the way, QBR is EPA with some other adjustments. People don't like it because EPA people want to have all the numbers. They want to own them. And ESPN says, no, we'll own this. They don't like it. So I, when I hear people crying about QBR, I don't think it's the, the end-all stat. I think it's the best quarterback stat. But what we tend to do is QBR with PFF average grade, 50% each is really effective, I think. You want to do that for just the quarterback so we can see where Geno Smith is, where Cooper Rush is? I'm on it. Yeah, I, tell you, I mean, it's going to be five minutes, so, you know, a little bit. Um, here's my question, Fez. If he's never had a bad game, what makes us think, well, over the next week, maybe he'll be better. But Carson Wentz, who's had 28 bad games out of the last 38, he will be better long term. Why do we think that? Just draft position? Yeah, I mean, it's – and sample So size. Baker Mayfield would be better than Cooper Rush. Well, and, and sample so Look at Minshew when he comes in, you mm-hmm. know, and all of a sudden Minshew looks like a sure starter in the NFL, right? Now he's a backup. Well, I tell you this, I, I, is that on merit? Because I would make the case that Minshew's first year was good, mm-hmm. right? His second year, Jacksonville was tanking for Trevor Lawrence, and they, they actively tried to go um, sabotage him. Right. Remember when he came in and they were calling the play, apparently plays he doesn't like. And mm. remember they sat him on the bench like he got hurt and they kept him out like an extra three weeks. And they were who was it? Blake. It wasn't Blake Bortles. It was um, I can't remember who the back, but it was a horrible backup was in Jacksonville. Sudfeld? No, not no. in Jacksonville. Yeah. But yeah. either way, it was someone clearly not as good as Minshew. Yes. And then he went over to Philly, which, again, he's not going to be in front of Hurts. So I don't think Minshew, I, I tell you, that I'll make a prediction that Minshew starts a full season in the NFL in the next five years. 
Well, that's a bet. That's a dinner you bet. You don't like that. Let's do a dinner bet. All right, we'll do it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, my question is, Cooper Rush hasn't done any of that. So I guess it goes back to sample size. It's it's such a small sample. Hey, in college football, Kansas is four and zero. Okay, you know. So what you're saying? Five and zero. Five and zero. Yeah, it's a good. So it's getting to be a bigger sample. So well, no, but but you're making a good point. What you're saying is your priors plus this year is what you get your answer with. And you're saying even though it's three games, even if you go back and count last year as a fourth that they won, your priors are still bigger. But yep. where are your priors coming from? There were no draft prior. position. Yeah, that, that's no pedigree at all. It's um, okay. it's kind of like the natural, right? When when he shows up, who is this? Who is this guy? You know, nobody knows him because he looked like he was fifty years old. That's yeah. why in the natural. But yeah, I okay, think he was. <laughs> now, last question though: If Dallas kept him as the lone, kind of the lone backup, and once that got hurt, everyone said this is an indictment of the Dallas way. In truth, they knew something we didn't. That, that he's be- could Don't we take what the team knows about him and say that is a prior too, that they had so much con- – if he was the fourth string backup and came out of nowhere after injuries, we would say even his own team didn't like him. But the team likes him it's, here. It's just amazing, isn't it? Because it seems like overnight we went from Dominic DiNucci – you know, backing exactly. up to like this guy that's like he like, didn't even get a really call. Good. He was waiting at the used car lot where he sells. He was waiting for that phone to ring. Didn't even ring. I know he's not named Dominic. Roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think you're wrong about Cooper Rush. I think he's better. I think he's going to go somewhere else next year. Mm. And I think he will be like in a place where it's like Seattle this year, competitive for a starting job. Hmm. They won't hand it to well, him. Well, his performance so far is just—I mean, it's hard to argue. You know, he's going to finish in the top twelve probably. You know, by by all accounts, if he plays a few more games, he'd have to collapse to not be a top ten. You know, by the time Dak comes back. Okay, so we'll go to Geno Smith once McKenzie has those stats. Let's go, if you don't mind, Fez. Um, we, we went now to Cooper Rush. We did that. Let's go to the Philly game against Jacksonville. Now, one thing I'll tell you about this. Jacksonville, serious people are saying, I, I, I like that I have a Super Bowl ticket on Jacksonville, meaning they say that. Now, they got it at like 120 to 1, but like, can't, first question, what's the odds of Jacksonville winning the Super Bowl? What, what ticket would you, where would you bet right now? 100 and, let me see, they're right. Just, let me let me walk you through this. I got them rated half a point worse than an average team, but I have very. It's a low confidence rating. All right, so Could, let's think about that. It's what your number is, and it's your best guess. But sometimes you're more confident of your guess than others. Yeah, that's a Malinsky special where he used to say, "All right, I'm going to give you my power rating, then I'm going to grade it A, B, C, or D." And A is I'm confident, B is I'm pretty confident, C is I'm not so confident, D is I got no effing idea. That's right. So here's a team. All right, they lose a close. What's your A, B, C, D on this one? This one's a D. Oh, all right. Um, so why are we using your number to be like the, the decision? Right, so they could be like four points better. Also, they're in a division that's a complete cupcake division, so it's there for the taking for them to make the, the playoffs. Pathway, the pathway, yeah. Okay, let me ask you this. In this game, it was six and a half at close, correct? Yes. All right, so home field for Philly, two and a half? Sure. Okay, because they're winning. Yeah. Right? Um, I don't know how to consider the coach coming back. Let's just set that aside for a second. Injuries, 
Seem pretty. I mean, pretty even, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So let's say travel it's right. bad for Jacksonville because they coming from L.A. back home to the Hurricane State. That's, I think that's a point, actually. You so, know, these other teams from Florida did not do good this week. That's a good point too. And remember, Miami was before this, mm-hmm. right? On th- on Thursday, still distracted. There was know? other th- other, other things stuff to consider. About, yeah. But so let's think about this. So it was six and a half, two and a half. It's four and a half, three and a half points. We're saying. That Jacksonville is worse than Philly was what the market said. Uh, four points. No, no. What I'm saying is I'm saying all that travel and, oh, and that yes. hurricane is a point yes. which hurts Jacksonville. Yeah, so they've got them within three and a half. All right. Now, what does your odds entering last week say? And, that, you know, we're not talking about last week or the most recent week's games. Before that, what did you have them at? I had. Because you have to have Philly, Philly like six four, or seven I, points better than average, right? I had Philly. I only have four and a half because I'm again. It's, it goes back to the priors. I get that they're playing as but better. What was their prior? Prior were ten wins, right? I had them coming in the year. I had yeah, but they had the easiest schedule in the NFL. Well, how, Mackenzie, how much did we adjust for Philly wins wise with their schedule? Because we just looked at that data recently. Yeah, so I had them a point and a half better than an average team to start the year, and now I've got them four and a half points better. I've upgraded them three points. All right, so eight and a half means an average team. Once we see what the adjustment was, do you have that, Mackenzie? It was a half game downward. All right, so we had them. And where did, did we have them as the worst team? Or I'm sorry, I guess the worst schedule. Um, Maybe yeah, the Giants were the easiest. They're right, they have the same adjustment as the Giants, a half game. Okay, so a half game down, we gave them. Okay. All right, so what was their win total? What was the closing win total? Ten. Ten. So nine and a half. Nine and a half is not only a little bit above. I mean, well, let's think about that. One That's a game full above. win, one game, which is two points. Yes. So you had all right. So you were within. Yeah. yeah there you go. Um, and you've upgraded them to what? Philly. I've upgraded them three points to a four and a half rating. Okay. All right. So now that means Jacksonville's got to be even. And I did have them even. And then you downgraded them for this game? Is, I, How many points? Half a point. Okay, so and, you and, have them a half point worse. And, and because of the fumbles. It was just like, I know kryptonite, the rain, and whatever, but they just absolutely, it, they weren't forced fumbles. Like I said, I saw one play, quarterback just drops the ball. Well, he's know? the savior, though, Fez. Well, he can, Maybe he's doing it for a reason. Doesn't happen he often. Could be, he could be doing it for a reason <laughs> that we can't see. Sometimes, listen, you don't question the Savior. I don't know if you've ever taught that in catechism. What, what, what's interesting is you look at the stats in this game. If you look at like yards per play and the like, yeah, the Eagles were a little bit better. You look at pure yards, the Eagles were much better. Well, of course, every time Jacksonville had the ball, they just dropped it. So they didn't get to run many plays. Uh, and you make a good point because if we look at turnovers in this game, and uh, it's the Philly-Jacksonville game, is the turnovers say... Uh, here we go. I'm just getting used to the new system. All right, is Philly actually suffered? How could this be? Philly suffered by two points in turnovers? Well, there was a 56-yard pick six. No, but this is fascinating. So even though it was a 5-1 turnover difference. Oh, my gosh, this is fascinating. Go ahead. But Jacksonville got like a 10-point turnover on the first turnover of the game. They got a a pick six around midfield. They they took back to the house. I mean, if there's ever a time to talk about quantifying this, right? Because in two weeks, we could be looking. It was 5-1. Was it 5-1? Yeah, 5-1. 5-1 on turnovers. And you'd bet me, no, no, it was 5-0. And I'd win the 100. Right. Then we would... (laughs) Then we would say... That was my favorite 100. That was last week. That was my favorite 100 of the week. Is now we're saying, no, Philly actually was unlucky 
with turnovers by two points. Interesting, because their turnovers were probably all worth, on average, a little less than two points. So crack, maybe Jacksonville turned it over on fourth down. Like When you do do that, then the turnover doesn't hurt you at all. It's like an arm punt sometimes. Right. So, McKenzie, I know you're doing the quarterback stack. Once you do that, get into that Philly item by item. And at the end of this pod, we'll do the anatomy of our turnover calculations to show why this is. Cool. I like this. So I did not upgrade the Eagles, but I downgraded Jacksonville a half because I thought it was not so much about the Eagles. Ball hawking is just Jacksonville just not being able to function in the rain. All right, let's look at what the stats say. Now, you made a good point about number of plays run because Philly, if you look at just yards, we're supposed to win by 12. If you look at just first downs, they were supposed to win by 16. Mm -hmm. But if you look at yards per play which is efficiency by two, only by two. So we blend those, and that means by eight. Kevin Cole said they should have won by ten. So we're in the range of nine or so. And they win by eight. Okay. But why downgrade Jacksonville? Because if anything, if it's turnovers, there is an element of luck in the rain, especially about turnovers. Yeah, but there's also— and I think you might be low on them to start But there's also with. an element of how many times with, like, Indianapolis, is Matt Ryan going to fumble before you say, you know what, this is— But who is it on Jacksonville that we believe that about? Lawrence, and we think it was weather-related. So maybe we don't, Maybe it's only yeah. a doubt. Maybe we downgrade him three points on, on in weather games and we don't downgrade I them like at all. I like that. Now, yes. I will say this. Let's take a quick look-see at next week. So next week— Jacksonville plays. It's at Houston. Okay, so oh no, check. They're that. home. They're home. Jacksonville's home. Well, wait a minute. This is, shows you how we got an old line here. The line when the season started on this Fez was Jacksonville by four. We're, we could tease ahead to the opening line pod. What do we got right now? Jacksonville's laying eight. All right, so they've been, seven and a half. Seven and a half. Correction. All right, seven and a half. So they've been upgraded by three and a half points. And you said how much you upgraded them about the same, right? Yes. Okay. All right. So right now, what does your current power rating say about this game? Because we can see if you're on ja- with the number being minus a half that you had. I make it eight. This game that is now seven and a half. Yes. So if anything, you're not light on Jacksonville. You're half a point high on Jacksonville, which means you're pretty right. Yes. All right. I like it. I like it. So I got to give you credit, man. I mean, Jacksonville has been one of the more erratic, like. In week five, what number has been harder to ascertain? I think Jacksonville has been one of the hardest ones to determine, ascertain in the last five years. Oh, I, I agree. And let me let me throw this out to you. So week two, let's say you actually went and watched the game, and they beat Indianapolis 24-0, mm-hmm. all right, on the road. Then boom. No, they were oh, home. They're home. They're, they're home. home, excuse me. And then they play the Chargers on the road, 48-10, to all right? Chargers... A lot of conversation about the the ribs. Yes. Um, Of of Herbs. Yes. Herbs doesn't play defense. So the Chargers, Jacksonville clicked on, on, so that's what's that, 24 plus 48, that's that's 76 to to 10. And then they're they're up 14 nothing. So So, they're not. So by the way, it was 38 10. Okay, so I gave them, I think I I, I gave them an extra 10 points. So it's the Chargers, yeah. It's 80 to 10. They outscored Indy, Chargers, Philly, 80 to 10. What odds would you give me? That Jackson will be able to outscore those three teams in any stretch of quarters by 70 points. Oh, so you're saying if you take both of the games prior in the first half? And the first quarter. The first quarter. All right, so that's nine quarters. Yes. And if you just look at the two games, it's going to be by 28 and 24, so 52, right? And what was it? 14 0. All right, so 52, 62, 66. Oh my God, the mark of the beast. 66, was it nothing? I wanted to make it 90 because I'm, you know, I love hyperbole, but 66, yes, is the number. I mean, seriously. So they were in a 66. 
they were on a 66 six to 10 a 76 run. to 10 run yes yeah. 66 to 10 run um yeah because it was yeah, 50 it's 38 50, yeah. 24 well i guess it matters oh yeah you're right because the 10 I, I was doing differential but you're saying total points. it, it doesn't right. matter they scored a boatload of points and they gave up 10 against three playoff contenders that is just incredible that's like the, the best nine quarters that we might see all year long from any team it, that's a great point that's a great point we, I, you know washington's a confusing team but i'm looking at jacksonville's first game they should have won. I mean, they were winning that game. They should have gone either way. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, a coin flip. We actually had Washington. I, believe, I know. This game did. minus two and a half, and we were the, lucky. The fact is, we can remember our lucky game. Washington was trailing and got you know got. I think they, you know, they got the touchdown late to cover. Yes. For sure. Um, and against Philly, the rain. Here's the thing: Sirianni is a good coach. Like people, I really respect. Were saying. You should see they usually run this one play in which they have to flip the ball to the laces and throw it really fast. They didn't run that play in the spots they typically do because of the weather. Interesting. And you would think that's, oh, that just makes sense. But teams don't do it. Teams don't adjust. Like Belichick's considered the greatest weather coach. Because he does things like that, right? And he's an analytics guy, which I like. You know, he's aggressive. And we're one, talking about Sirianni now. Yeah. So Sirianni, at the end again, this is this is really fascinating, and goes back to he. Who knows his team better than him? He he eschewed like a forty-yard field goal attempt. They're up eight. There's like two minutes to play. Field goal essentially locks the game up. It was a forty-yard, and he said, "No, thank you." No, thank you. One for it, fourth and three. But he knows his kicker better than anyone. So maybe there was an issue with the weather and his kicker that he didn't want to put him out there. Normally, now, that would be considered to be obviously a, a, a you know a bonehead move. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're worried about the block too, in that case, right? Because if it's hard for them to score, it's fascinating. Here's what I'll say: one of the theme, we'll have themes that are running through the seasons, and then we'll have themes that are running. Intraseason, whereas it's like, I think intraseason, right? Or interseason. Interseason would be, hey, last year we talked about it, the cover two, and we're still talking about it, yes. right? I think last year we were talking about fourth down decisions. This year we are. The tide seems to have turned, and we'll get to the Baltimore game, but the tide has turned in that it feels like that the going for it in a way irrationally aggressive, it's not working. Baltimore, it didn't work. And I get that's results-oriented, but the media, who mostly doesn't like it, because they like the game they grew up on, Yes, they've been killing. Like Staley, I've never seen a person standing swing more in like three weeks than Staley. And to the point where Staley has, he's pivoted. He's refusing to do it. He's like, all right, I'm going to get fired if if I'm unsuccessful Which makes him seem even like there was no reason to do it to start with. He looks like a wussy now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Or the owner told him, don't do it anymore. That's yeah. a good point, too. Now, which still makes him look like a wussy. Yes. But he could say, no, I'm going to do it, or you can fire me. How'd that work for the Miami coach? Well, he still gets paid. So, I mean, maybe he, <laughs> maybe Staley needs to go to Nick Saban and learn how a little coaching. Mm. Because he was a John Carroll a couple years ago. The, you know, John there wasn't a genius at John Carroll that no one knew. Maybe he's a genius, but he's not a prodigy. Okay. Right. I, mean, I don't know if he's a genius, but I, I doubt it. Mm-hmm. But he's certainly not a prodigy. He's not. A, he can't just skip doing things and think he's going to know it. And let's be honest, Fez, across the league, you got to listen. You've got to take responsibility for this. You love the young coaches because what you love is aggression. Exactly. And it's been a bad time for the young coaches. I, I accept that. All right. Hackett has looked horrible. Staley's looked horrible. 
Who's the other? I mean, the uh, the guy in Chicago, Uber Flusi or whatever. Well, well, he's massively overachieving versus expectation. Yeah. I mean, but but is he when it comes to EPA and all that? I mean, what I'm saying is that he's got a couple of wins, right? So, but the Giants are three and one. Yes. Overachieving on the scoreboard, yes, but the system. I don't think there's anything repeatable. Now, Dayball, it might be repeatable because it's a it's a ethos, it's a confidence. Chicago is nothing like that. It just it rained and they didn't fumble against San Fran, right? Yeah, the monsoon. I mean, on the Bermuda grass. Yeah. So my thought is, in general, experience matters. And let's be honest, Dallas they got that coach everyone makes fun of, a big fat guy. Oh, he couldn't even make Aaron Rodgers win, except. Maybe the way he's playing football is pretty good. Which is, go ahead. I think we got to give him a massive upgrade. Yes, and 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 he was a guy that the analytics. He has guys, a Super Bowl ring on, by the way. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Oh, well, how many other Super Bowls does Aaron Rodgers have? How many appearances does he have? That's a good point. Since you know, so all right. I mean, and and remember, Aaron Rodgers, if I'm not mistaken, was started before McCarthy. So Mc, McCarthy, right? Yeah, not McCartney is. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we could, all I know is if you only win one, well, who wins a Super Bowl without a good quarterback? Well, you get fired in Philly. Trent Dilfer. 2005 on. Let's go, <laughs> mo- let's go modern era. Who? I mean, who? Joe Flacco. Yeah, except he was the he highest was competent, paying player. Yeah, I, as a Steelers fan, I can tell you, in his prime, he was a, a top seven or it, eight quarterback. It, it, it's it's not really fair because we make him. You're right, we make him a top seven or eight quarterback because he won a Super Bowl. So no. it's kind of like the cart before the horse, you know. It's I like, would say he was top seven or eight. But I'm saying, as a fan of the Steelers, I did not like Joe Flacco. Right, but if Philip Rivers had won a Super Bowl, we would immediately say he's a top seven or eight quarterback. And I think we, we would have anyone. Anyway. A lot of people think Philip Rivers is better than Eli and Big Ben. Yes, they which do. I think is absurd over Big Ben. He's like anti-clutch. He's. he's <laughs> but there is no clutch supposedly. Right, there might so be swing, an anti-clutch. Swinging all the way back around, what we're going to say is this. Let's keep an eye on the fourth down conversions or decision making. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to add one piece to the puzzle with that for our, our dialogue. Philadelphia will go for it on fourth down. That changes the third down calls. So think about a typical defense on third and nine. They're going to say, hey, you want to throw, have an A dot in front of the sticks? Yeah, we protect. We're well, fine. We're going to tackle. We're going to rally to the ball and tackle, right? Okay. And if it's fourth and one and a half, you got to punt. Ha, ha, ha. Well, maybe they don't have to punt. So to me, where the fourth downs get interesting is where it changes the defense or forces the defense to change their approach to defense. Because if you go for it on fourth and one and a half on your own 35 and make it enough to make it positive EV, now what? Yeah. And, and Philly is uniquely qualified to pick up fourth and ones, you know, with the running quarterback as well. So they're, you, you would assume that their success rate is going to be higher than a typical team. And their willingness to take the risk is higher. Yes. So to me, it's not just you, – if you just isolate the fourth downs, you're going to get one view of it. I think how does it affect third down? Yes, and I like your, your volatility of the Jaguars and looking to potentially do the home run and bet them 100-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. That's a great point because to wrap, wrap that one up, you got a minus a half. The market agrees with you, so let's call that correct. Mm-hmm. Now the question becomes, if a team is average and a smidge below, what's their Super Bowl odds? It's probably right around 80 to 1. Okay, so if, let's look at the team above and below them. Denver, All right. Las Vegas, Indianapolis. All right, so let's get the averages there. Ken, where's our updated Super Bowl odds? I'll print one out right now. Okay, yeah, it doesn't do too good in your files and your computer. All right, so we'll look at those. And then we got some other. All right, so let's keep moving. 
Oh, here we go. We can do the quarterbacks now. You ready? Yeah. So we done with that Philly game? Yes. All right. So we're gonna a little later. We're gonna talk about how amazingly Philadelphia lost when it comes to turnovers, and net net the score should have been. Uh, let's take one more look. They should have won by nine or so. Or yeah. yeah, we landed on the final score pretty much. Yeah, that looks yeah. good. Okay, now quarterback wise, here are the best quarterbacks when we take an average of their rank ESPN QBR and their PFF grade. Number one, Patrick Mahomes, pretty good. That's my number one. Number two, Josh Allen. That's my number two. Number three, Tua Tungavailoa. What? I've never said that before. I just did. Okay. Yes. And I think that's fair if you watch the games. I mean, you know. Yeah. All right. Number four, we'll call him the mystery quarterback for now. Mm-hmm. Number five, Jalen Hurts. Makes sense? Yep. Number six, Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. After that, Jacoby Brissett. Mm. All right. After that, Herbert. Herbs. Sure. Then Brady. Mm-hmm. Then mystery quarterback number two. Okay. Mystery quarterback number one, who is fourth ranked in the entire NFL, Geno Smith. He's number one in the PFF grade, number six in QBR. And he's actually uh, tied with Tua for third. Wow. Okay. Didn't see that coming. Uh huh. Now, the mystery quarterback number 10 after Tom Brady is Cooper Rush. Mm. And what's fascinating is PFF is giving him a 22 grade. Number 22, and in QBR, he's number four. And let's be honest, PFF, I'm not one to, listen, they're doing something no one else publicly is doing. So first of all, that's great for me, for us, for anyone that likes data. But let's forget, they know who these, it's not like a blind resume. They know who these quarterbacks are. And he's always, oh, Tom Brady did that. That's a smart move. Yes. I mean, there's six plays a game. It's Brady. He gets a positive or a neutral Whereas if it was Cooper Rush, he gets a negative, right? Yeah. So even with that disadvantage, Cooper Rush at 22, he still is ranked about 10th. Well, I know sample size, but that's pretty impressive. But Geno Smith. If- Where is he going to finish? Cooper Rush? Gene, well, Cooper Rush is going to be on the bench, so he's not as, as I'm not as interested. That gets hurt every third snap. Fair enough. But um, Geno, where's Geno going to finish? What would you say? Here's why I'm more optimistic than you might be. Mm. I'm hearing people say these are things he's been working on. The things, well, two things they've said. One is some of the stuff that he's doing better than he used to. It was the stuff that was identified as you got to fix it, Mm. and he's fixed it. And number two, they say quick in the NFL you hear more about time to throw, time to pass than any time in history. Like five years ago, you never even heard that, right? You know why? Because it's quick game now. It's, you know, five-step drop, hit the back foot, throw it. You know why? Because the defenses lend itself to the short passes because they're playing that soft shell. Take what they give you. Take what they give you. He has always been good at that. Where Geno Smith hasn't been good is off script. Mm -hmm. Off script has become less important, right? It strikes me that Geno Smith is the game has come around to him <laughs> and he's kind of improved his weaknesses that affect him always would have always affected him and what we got now is a good starting quarterback i would say better than 16th i'd say he's top half of the league what would you say no all right what would you predict well 
when I when I say prediction, this isn't where he's going to finish. This is where he's going to finish starting today going forward. Well, that's forward. not anything. Let's start. Yeah. All right. So for, given he's got these great stats already. Yeah. All right. Now well, you, remember he's 18th. 18th. All right. So yeah. why don't we do this then? Because you conceded one point, I'll say this. He has to be well, – 16 is in the top half. All right. So we'll make the over under 15 and a half. And do a, oh, just a nice fun bet for a hundred. More than fair. And that's Beautiful. the fi- that's the finished QBR. Yes. We're not worried. At, well, no, no, no. I'm sorry. It's going to have to be the uh, combo of this is what we believe is the yeah, most talent. It's fine. Okay. Yes. All right. So by the way, since you brought it up, so Seattle, Detroit, fascinating game. I, I, All right. So let's segue to that game. Yes, because we're talking about Gene already. So I, it was Detroit was laying three and a half in this game. Mm-hmm. They only lost by three. All right. And that line went down from what six, six was the open, right? That's 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 right. So lots of injuries in for the Detroit's um, secondary and and across the board on the defense. Off playmakers, yes. Uh, play- oh, I, I'm, you're right because um, their um, their running back who's awesome, yeah. was, was, was out. Swift and their number one wide receiver was out, and yeah, St. Brown. So Seattle, I upgraded one point. Off the game, off the which game. as an underdog they won, and they controlled the game. You exactly, the controlled case. it, and quarterback played great. Penny, the running back's great, um, but Detroit, I actually downgraded a point and a half. I thought it was a, it was just an epic meltdown for them to give up 555 yards. I don't care that Seattle, you know, is improving on offense. You cannot get torched that bad without getting a major d- downgrade. Well, but if you have a lot of injury, I mean, so if you look at the win percentage, Seattle was well above 50 pretty much the whole game. Yes, um, and we look at that because it's like. Game control, in a way. Yes, right? and there was no, there was never a time you felt Detroit in the second half was going to be able to win this game. Okay, maybe this doesn't invalidate your point, but I think it's a noteworthy one, which is Detroit's like number 30 on money spent on defense. Mm. They've got a very specific plan. they got the O-line straight first. Now, why would you get the O-line straight first? Because there's a lot of linemen that are good eventually that aren't good to start with. So let's say a guy like Sewell. Now, he was a, an elite guy, and he got good really fast. But if you look across the league and say, give me the top 25% alignment, then you say amongst all them, who was good in their second year? Less than half are going to be mm-hmm. good. So in a weird way, if you're, if you're tanking, you want to build the O-line first because when they start getting good, is going to be year three and four. Mm. Okay, but they got good early, so this is a good O-line. right? No doubt. Playmakers come and go. You can. I mean, didn't need them. Move the ball. Fine against Seattle. That's not why they lost the game. Jared Goff is not a great quarter. So in a weird way, they're winning with offense, and they kind of accept defense is going to come later. And they also understand defense is more volatile. Volatile, mm-hmm. right? So I think we can indict them this year and downgrade them because of how bad the D is. But I don't think when it comes to team building. We indict them. I think it's maybe a smart way to build long-term a team. Long-term yeah. team building because the defense, you can patch a defense together, but but the offense is the hard part. Yeah, and, yeah. and plus you can put together – they're going to have so much cap money. Like all they're going to have literally is going to be the O-line. I mean, like they can almost build a new team. Yes. Right? So it, it feels like they, they got – I mean, it'd be interesting. If we did a draft, and we should do it right after the season, Who? how many Super Bowls will this team win in the next five years? Well, that'll be a push. Well, <laughs> a lot of these teams, we know they're going to win zero. But what I'm saying, let's say we each draft three teams, four teams. Yeah. Right? What, what, does Detroit Is Detroit in your top eight? No. Well, I'm not sure they shouldn't be. Yeah, maybe. If they weren't, if it wasn't for their history. 
But the history matters. Does it? If you have a coach in there that's not I think, thinking I like think that? I think it does. Now, this is like, you know, crazy Fezzik theories All right. that I, I believe, I can, I can tell you're already like... Well, no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you if you say one thing. I got something in my head, but go Bad ahead. destination cities for free agents. Uh, no one wants to... You want to yeah, but how much, I, how much whoa, do you have whoa, to whoa. increase your pay to live in Detroit for one year? I don't know. Just triple, maybe? Okay. But, but, no, but, <laughs> but, but here's the thing is... I think with these NFL guys, it's more about: Am I going to be on a fun team with a fun coach? They, they don't want a, these guys. Don't want a ball busting coach. Great, that's a great point because you get your, your your experience away from your job and your experience at the job. And, well, Dan and, Campbell, where would you want? And oh, they, I like Dan. Campbell. That's what I'm saying. Is he's a top five? And I, I want to play, and I don't want to play for Belichick because he's no fun at all. Exactly. So somehow, yeah. All right. So. Um, let me say this about Detroit, though. Where do you, well, where do you have them power ratings-wise? One second here. Detroit, 25th. All right. Now, I think you're way off on that. You think I'm so too let's low? Look, let's look at the market. for. You know what we'll do? We'll tease ahead, and in the pod that's going to follow this one, which is the lines move or the opening line report, some variation yes. of that we'll call it, uh, we'll look at Detroit and see where your power rating lines up. Beautiful. Mackenzie, did you give me the printout of my EPA stuff? Oh, I got that. Okay, thank you. All right. This is oh the Super Bowl odds. All right. So you say all right, we were looking at Jacksonville sixty to one. Mm. So the market is saying, and here's why I agree with the market. What's the trend line for for Jacksonville? It has a better chance by the end of the year of being really good. Yes. Whereas I I think a team like Las Vegas not a good. Well, they got a new coach. Yeah, so the theory yeah. is there's a trend line there. But Las, maybe look at Minnesota. They got a new coach too, but I think Minnesota's more of a stable team. That's, mm, that's they're twenty to one. Be better. But Minnesota's considered uh, to yeah. be like a team that was like ten, nine and a half wins. Up in Tennessee, Tennessee. Ten, oh, okay. Titans are fifty to one. Yeah. So Tennessee, I would say, is a team that's comparable, but you know, they're, they're, there's no upside. So the teams, some surprising teams. Now here's the interest. The Browns are eighty to one. With Watson, that seems like that's what I'm light. saying. That seems like a, that's another volatile team. Yeah. Plus, I think Cincinnati is not as good as we thought. I mean, maybe Clearly. it's a, a, the appendix, and he's going to get better. But I don't think it's just the O line. I think that uh, Burrow's not playing as well. Now you bring up Cincinnati going to the Thursday game. So, uh-huh. so Cincinnati, you know, covered. Um, they won by 12 against Miami. I didn't upgrade them at all. All right. So the theory there was that Miami played so many snaps. Against Buffalo, ninety, if if I remember, yeah, and to win that game when they only had thirty nine on offense is was historic to beat Buffalo. Now it's a short week. Tua got his bell rung before the Thursday game. Didn't even know if he was going to play. The line went from like two in the look ahead up to what four and a half did it close? Four. Yeah, four. So your theory is looking at the game itself. It had a lot to do with their fatigue, a lot to do with Tua being injured, and what else? No, you nailed it. So the Bengals, basically, either team could have won. The Bengals pulled away in the fourth quarter, and I think it was the combination of the Tua, the fatigue, the ball bounced right for the Bengals in the fourth quarter. Everything went right for them. There was never a chance the Bengals were going to be able to win this game by 12, and yet somehow they did. Okay, so turnover-wise, since he was minus two uh, points when, mm-hmm. with luck, so they got unlucky with turnover slightly. They were plus four and a half when it comes to red zone snaps. They were plus 10, 10 points on late down, third and fourth mm-hmm. down EPA. And we do a real cool thing. We look at what the league average is, and that's about half. Then we look at what the team average is, and then we say, okay, let's blend it. Now let's look how good the offense is. Because in general, what tells you about the red zone? 
is how your offense is generally, right? Kansas yeah, better City. Better offenses should do well with yeah. it. So we blend all that together, and then we look at how many points they actually score versus how many they should. And in this game, since he scored 10 more points than they should have just from red zone snaps. Mm. Now, that's amazing. So they, they by that one stat, they should have won 17 to 15 instead of 27 to 15, just yes. from that stat. Now, if we go then and switch to the stats assessment, it actually says they should have been an even game. Uh, and then yards per play said they should have lost by two. And then the uh, first downs lost by five. So statistically, since he didn't look good. That's right. But they did win by 12. So I said, you know what? I'll leave them the same. Kevin Cole, no adjustment. Kevin Cole had since he winning by seven. Mm-hmm. So you're, but seven would have, so you kind of think it wasn't as good as that. Cause if so, you yeah. would have, but you didn't downgrade since he. No. Captain Flat. Okay. And what was the eye, what was your eye test? I mean, Burrow doesn't look the same, does he? The yeah, Burrow is. I don't think he's bad. I think he's an above-average quarterback. He's not Herb, Herb's. He's not you know. Um, well, Herb's is only like number thirty. That's true. He's not Gino. He's not Gino, right? Um, he's Wait, Kenzie. Um, go down the screen. I, we got to go down the screen to see where um, Burrow is. Where is he? Holy cow! Where is he? All right. So Burrow is what number uh, seventeen? It looks like seventeen. PFF 18 and 16 for uh, QBR. Average. And this was a home run spot. You know what? You should get good stats in a home run spot. They didn't. Upgrade Miami's defense. That offense is getting all the attention. Mm. That defense is pretty good. Yes. And they played very – they should never have given up 27 against the Bengals in that game. That was an aberration. Remember, well, a lot of third and fourth down, right? The former coach – now with the Steelers, not helping them too much, Mm. but – that defense was the calling card. Mm. They got a lot of the same players. It makes sense that Miami's defense is good. You know, give them credit. And that coach, remember, the coach for Miami, what's his name again? Brian Mike- Flores. Oh, no, no. Michael, I, Michael? No, I know Flores. I'm talking about the new one. Mike McDaniel. McDaniel yeah, McDaniel sorry. was considered the undiscovered genius that was sitting behind Kyle. Right now, listen. Luckily, Kyle won tonight, or I'd be like saying, I wonder, yeah. you know, but to, <laughs> it is a big win, but. I mean, whenever you hear, because everyone talks about Kyle as a brilliant person. So let's agree with that, okay? Is if there's someone behind him that is supposed to be the smart one, how smart is he if Kyle was brilliant? Hmm. And I mean, what we're seeing at Miami, I got to be impressed so far. No doubt. Now, I don't know about the decision to bring Tua back in the game and all that. It's a different conversation. All right. Whew, we are rolling. So we're done with Cincy. What game do you want to go to next? Uh, a few more. Let's talk uh, Cleveland-Atlanta. All right. Now, McKenzie, who's had a good year. I was talking about this earlier. I was on, you know, I don't get on Twitter much, but if it pops up on my screen, I look occasionally. And I don't even know what pops up on my screen. It seems random. But <laughs> the algorithm. But someone said, yeah, McKenzie's my favorite NBA handicapper on earth. And I, I actually... High praise. I hit reply. I go, WTF? No. But I was like, really? <laughs> and, and it shows you, like, McKenzie's really established himself as a, as a serious thinker in this business. And again, th- this business is bereft of... No. <laughs> How do you feel about that, McKenzie? means the world to me. That, what does it? Some stranger that doesn't know you said something good about you? No, that one of the luminaries in the industry says, hey, this kid's got something. Oh, you're talking about me. But I'm saying, what about the, the person? Every time I pay you, I'm saying you got something. <laughs> what about the person on Twitter that said this? Makes me very excited for mid-October when NBA season starts. 
doesn't it sound like like a PR agent got a hold of McKenzie and told him, don't do this, don't do that. And now when I like this, it's like the in stark contrast to his start in the industry when he was just like, (laughs) like uh, you're starting the industry. Very similar. Don't talk about politics. Uh, No, no. I'm talking about when you used to call John Kelly's show with crazy stuff to get on air. You remember, right? Yeah. You know, the. uh, (laughs) We go back to we go back. John Kelly hosted the old Stardust. I don't know if you know this. So they have the Visa Invitational now. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, I'm, I'm in it. So I, oh, I got awesome, it. awesome. So, so what, have you won anything yet? I was in second place till last week. So <laughs> no, I haven't won anything. Okay, tell us when you win something. Okay, it's e- it's easy to get in a contest. The question <laughs> yes, is, how I, you're t- hey, look, I'm getting in a contest, Mom. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, maybe they thought you were the guy that. Um, I, but anyway, we didn't let. I, we made it turn to you really quick. Any closing thoughts, on McKenzie? NBA season starts October 18th. Can't wait. Oh, so how was your NBA? NBA is obviously my calling card. I'm alive. 64 units, 57.3%. Did you say something? I didn't hear it. Same old, same old. <laughs> when will Mackenzie have his first, w, first NBA season wins up by? What date? Well, he should have them early, but he won't. Can you commit so to this does week? It, does the season McKenzie? start October 15th? When's it start? 18th. 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 I, can, I can have it done by Friday. Is 18th sure. like a Tuesday? It is. Okay. You got to have it up by that. Um, you got to have it up by noon on the Thursday before. Don't set a goal before that because you want to do the work. Cool. So I, because then it gives you rest of Thursday, Friday, weekend, Monday, and the game day Tuesday. And they only start with a handful of games, right? Yes. Yeah. You know what I they believe. I'm not certain that. You know what they should do? I hate when baseball does. to start the 31st, remember? It used yeah. to be Halloween night. But they, they're having less um, uh, back-to-backs and That's stuff. That's bad. We like those back-to-back bad scheduling spots. That makes it easier to spot winners. So let me translate. What Fez is saying is he'd rather the, these elite athletes who are like some of the transcendent performers in the history of sport, he'd rather their knees just get injured to the point of limping around so he has some bad spots. He can play the second half unders at altitude. Is that right, Fred? Yeah. Okay. Now, now we have the Utah-Denver 1-2. Fade their opponents on back-to-backs. Yep. <laughs> All right. Next game, where are we going? We're going to Cleveland-Atlanta. Oh, yeah. We, we started that one and then asked McKenzie I, I, if, if he had uh, – because he actually had Cleveland. What, what happened in that game? Let's get McKenzie's thoughts on yeah. the game. What happened that you didn't expect? Atlanta's rushing attack. I understood Miles Garrett wasn't going to be there. Cleveland had some injuries. Wasn't expecting six yards per carry for the Falcons. That was actually what I expected Cleveland to do, and they did. But defensively, that's what I missed. Falcons were too good. Yeah, and I would say the weakness for Cleveland coming in the year was D-line, even though with Garrett, other than that, any depth. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and now you had Clowney out and you had Garrett out. So so I didn't upgrade Atlanta, even though they won the game, because I think a big part of it was the D-line issues, which directly led to success for the Falcons running the ball and the bottom line but stats. But exploiting, being able, in a way, you almost got to upgrade the coach. Well, that's a good point. I yeah, mean, the ability, advantage. the ability to identify that and coach it up during the week. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one thing to say it on your couch. you got to get these players Fair to enough. do it. It truly was one of those coin flip games where it was tied. Someone had to win by three. Well, hold on. Let's take, we, we can tell you with our fourth quarter win share, Fast. I like it. All right. Fourth quarter win share. And then I, let's hope McKenzie didn't fix the numbers here because he wanted it to look like his Cleveland pick was better. But um, Only. <laughs> well, here we go. 
Uh, let's see. Where? Are, oh, here we go. 43% for Cleveland, 57% for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So a little better than a coin. Like, it's almost like an NFL side with you, Fez. Or you know what? We'll call it your, or, or we can call it the Super Contest over four and a half years or four years and a quarter. We're about 58% now because we're 60% this year. So yes. it's kind of like if you bet with us in the Super Contest, your odds of winning was what Atlanta's odds mm. were. It's pretty good, That right? does sound a lot higher than what it, it felt like in this game. So, uh, yes. Anything else? Uh, Cordell Patterson, in, key injury for Atlanta, so the running back. He's, well, he's he was hurt up, coming in. Yes, yeah, so I, I think follow him going forward, you know, because he's a big part of their offense. Yeah, and he's a guy who was a wide receiver, right? Yes. Kind of so. like Debo, 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 but it's not so much that they have him be a hybrid during the game. It's kind of he just switched to be a running back, right? Yes, he's more, I would say, a Kamara or a, a Dalvin Cook type. Uh, a lot of pass catching, but still exactly. lining up in the backfield. Exactly. All right, let's look statistically real quick. The average stat said actually Atlanta should have lost by one. Um, let's see. Let's make sure I got that right. Uh huh. Yep. So it says Cleveland should have won by one by stats. And Kevin Cole said, oh, he agrees with you, Fez. Atlanta minus five. Minus five. Mm. Uh, so Cleveland by five is what he said. Okay. So I didn't downgrade or upgrade either team Let's, based upon the results. I want to take a look at right, – so turnover-wise, it was three points of disadvantage for Cleveland. Boy, there's not much here, is there? Atlanta. So where was the results at? This is interesting. Mackenzie, if we look at this, we can't understand the score, right? Yeah, our composite number had Cleveland by one. Not sure how you get to five – Beginning of the game, fourth and our first and goal from the one ended up being a fourth. But that's going to show up in that's going to show up in the red zone, right? And the red zone says what? Uh, Atlanta was uh, plus. Let's think about this. The red zone, real quick. Um, Pretty even. Cleveland plus one. Yeah, Cleveland actually. plus one in the red zone. So it's not that. And you see, look, but you see the danger, Fez. Oh, I'm sorry. You guys make your well, point. Well, Mariota, who's having a great year, seven for nineteen. He did get 139, so some big plays have to be in there. So a lot, the, the big plays won it for Atlanta here. Well, you know what we can Passing. Do, uh, but here's what's interesting. Let's take a gander. All right, so McKenzie, do we have my uh, EPA sheet yet? Oh, here it is. Okay, thank you. So now here's what we do with this, and then we'll move on, Fez, is we look at the success rate, which is a binary, either successful or not each mm-hmm. play, and we look at the EPA, which counts the big plays big. And if a team does well in the big plays, it will be their score there will be better than the success mm-hmm. rate. Yeah. So Atlanta's on offense, their success rate, you know, this printed, this picture printed like crappy. Um, let's see here. They were actually uh, on offense, Atlanta was exactly even success rate in EPA. And on defense, they were minus three. So actually, Atlanta suffered a little bit. We're not having big plays. Oh, but, really? Interesting. But that's against the market or against the league. Let's look at Cleveland. They might have had a big suffering, right? So Cleveland was uh, plus three, no, minus three, minus two. So they were minus five. I mean, it's pretty close, man. Here's what I did. And this will be the last thing on this game. I looked at the EPA on offense, the success rate on offense, same thing on D. I blend them all together. Mm-hmm. But I double weight the offense, which we're deciding we might go to 60-40, I think, right? Mm-hmm. But this week I double weighted it. And the other factor to consider here 
No, that's it. And let's see how right now we had Cleveland as the 23rd best performance of the week. And we had Atlanta as the 15th. Hmm. So, I mean, Atlanta was just better. Uh, I don't know exactly where. You know, that's I'm going to dig into this game because this is a game. If you don't see it, I mean, yeah. there might be something we can. I learn might, from. I'll go back and watch this game. I'll yeah. commit to that. All right, next game. Next game. One more here with a phony final. Titans Colts. So Titans win by seven. Uh, I didn't make any change for the final score. The st- the stats actually favored the Colts in this game minus three in turnovers, and. The the one thing about re- repeatability is is Matt Ryan going to keep fumbling? You know that's that's my one concern about the Colts. But the Colts won the stats in this game. Uh, usually, an older quarterback with smallish hands keeps fumbling because mm. he's not going to get better moving. Does he have small hands? I mean, he, ne- <laughs> he never you never heard about how big they were. Mm. Mackenzie, look look in the combine with his hands. See how they compare to Burrow's little bird hands or baby doll hands. All right, Indy lost seven points in turnovers. Meaning luck. And what do we do? We look at turnover-worthy plays. We look at fumble recoveries. It's not just turnovers. It's how many should there have been, how many were there kind of thing. So that's right there, seven. Um, Let's see here. And they actually lost seven points in the red zone, Mm. right, where they just had bad luck in the red zone. And and that's net-net offense and defense, meaning Mm. if you look at all of it. And then let's see here. Anything else? No. But if you look at the combined luck – Right, which is turnovers, and it's uh, red zone, late down, kicking, field goals. Right? Did you make some? You, if you miss yeah. three field goals, it's going to throw the game off. Right? Um, minus seventeen points for the Colts. Wow, is a. I mean, just so in you those can spots. see why I'm not downgrading the Colts and not upgrading Tennessee based on all that. But <sighs> but the bottom line is Tennessee wins as a. F- Four-point dog, so I'm. I mean, and they win by seven, so I kept the ratings the same. Okay. One one question for you. This. All right, you can ask the question, but I want to talk Tennessee. But go ahead. I, I don't have. I don't have the answer. Uh-huh. That's so why you ask questions. In, there's two minutes to play. Indy's got some timeouts left. They've got fourth and twenty-one. All right, from like the twenty-five yard line. Mm-hmm. They elected. They're down seven. They didn't go for it. They kicked. How much time was left? Like two minutes. And how many timeouts? Two or three. Okay. Yeah. They, they, they elected to try the field goal, down seven with two minutes to play. I don't think I've ever seen a coach. And it, How long was the field goal? It's like 40, four, mm-hmm. low 40s. And it was fourth and 20-some. Fourth and 21. Did they, did they make it? They missed it. <laughs> okay. And, okay, so you don't even get a chance at the onside kick. Right. So the game's— the, But they're in a dome, right? So, yeah, I mean, they should make it, you know, 88% of the time, 85%. Didn't they, just, didn't they just fire their kicker? Is this the replacement kicker? I don't recall. Who— Oh, wow. Yeah, Blankenship. They they did get rid of Blankenship. Yeah, yeah. Right? So it's so it's an unproven kicker. But but what's interesting is like I I I I'm so emphatic about decisions. I had no idea what I would do there, you know, whether to kick the field because the problem well, what's is the, first of all, what's the odds of fourth, especially when you have you know that offense. Now the running back was already out, right? Yeah. Right. So he's yeah, out. Jonathan for co- Taylor's out yeah. with the angle. Not, that he, down, not what, that he matters on fourth and twenty-one. Yeah. Well, well, no. But what's interesting? It seems like when teams complete that, it's usually a, like a little eight, nine-yard throw, and, and a Yards guy breaks cash. like two tackles, yeah. right? Because it's hard to throw to the sticks when they're all lined up at the sticks, right? Yeah. And, and you're also trying to get you know someone grab your face mask, you know, try to get a penalty first down. They don't seem to call a lot of those. They, like you know how they don't call on like a jump ball, like in a hail mary at the end. They don't call defense. Never. They don't. Never. Seem to call like like Nor defensive hole. Yeah, I agree. Nor should they? So uh, my sense is you make the no. The question is would they have onside kicked or not? 
No, I think they would have kicked off. Then I think for sure that you know it'd be nice if a field goal would have tied, two field goals would tie, but you know. Well, the the thing is, is that even if you got a touchdown, you don't win. You know, you're down seven. Mm-hmm. If you were down six, I say it's a slam dunk. You go for it. See, I actually seven. was thinking the opposite. If you're down six, you kick it and make it. Now a field goal ties. You still got to make you know make both field goals, and then you got to win. The pros overtime. make like eighty five percent of their field goals. Yeah, but not Blankenship or this <laughs> the one that's worse or the one that's better, better. than Blankenship in theory. Right on. So no, but, no so no change. You but you Tennessee. You got an opinion on Tennessee? Well, yeah. Let me, so we've got the chart that tells you their chance to win the game. All right. Mm-hmm. So against the Giants. They were up in the 85% range for 95% of the game. Is that a fair? You can look at the chart here. Yeah, yeah, yes. Is I, that a I, fair assessment? Yeah, they dominated the game. They're up 13 to nothing, and then that's the game. But what the Giants I'm saying won. is, even with like eight minutes left, it in took the a game, miracle for the Giants. Even to with win eight that game. minutes left in the game, I mean, Scott's over there listening in his office, but that's fine. The Giants got lucky, lucky, massively. All right, Buffalo, they got crushed. No, they, oh. they weren't above like 20% at any point in the game. Yes. They, against the Raiders, started about half, 50%. Dominated the game. And it just went straight up. In the last uh, eight minutes of the game, they were up in the 95 99% Raiders range. got a garbage touch. Not a garbage touch, but a late touchdown to make the score really close. And to, so th- that, th- that's why 24, the final was 24-22 was the final. Yep. They were... Um, they were they were an underdog in that game, right? Raiders were minus two. Tennessee okay, was the somehow dog. We got Tennessee that, was the dog, plus two. We got that inverted, so I got to get that straight. All right, let me write that down. Okay. And then against Indianapolis, in the second half, they were well in the 70%, 75% range the whole second half. You know, so what and I'm that, and that's they're not po- even, they're playing good in every game. That's, except a, that's one. a great point that when you're, when you got a big lead, in the second half, obviously, you're not going to win the stats because you're going to just be handing the ball off. Yes. So I guess my question is, everyone wants to talk about how bad Tennessee is because they think they're a GM. And you think they get, well, they lost A.J. Brown. That means it's like you got no effing idea. Let's start there. And I'm talking about some people that's on the radio, on TV. If you're not a former coach, then you probably don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, this kind of thing, right? You can know the stats. But you don't know what the players are going to mean to a team. How sure. would you? So what do we have as evidence with Tennessee other than they were the number one seed in the AFC last year, though Henry was out for half a year. And this year they are 2-2, two and two, and they're, they've won their last two games, and they should be 3-1, and one, and they should be clearly on top of the division. Yeah, because the, the narrative was the first two games were lousy. Yes, that's the narrative. Except the first game was good, except for a disaster at the end. Yes. In the, Buffalo. the second game, Buffalo is pretty damn good. And and again, Buffalo doesn't look so good now. But you know what? When you consider how many plays they had to play in, they played a lot of plays too down Buffalo, in Miami. Buffalo looks fine. They played. They went to at Miami. They went to at Baltimore. That's you know what? Going one and one on that on that road trip is perfectly fine. No doubt. And they should have won. Uh, well, at least uh, maybe mm. it should have been flipped, right? Yeah, they but should he, be one and one. But let's let's agree. Part of what happened in Miami was their own doing. I mean, the defense wasn't because they had a lot of injuries. But the offense, I mean, Josh 500 Allen, yards of offense versus 220. You should win more often than not. Uh, yeah, I hear you. But still, looking at the game, there were a lot of plays that they should have made they didn't against sure. Miami. Sure. Which kind of says how good they are. Mm-hmm. Um, one last question about that. Josh Allen rushing. I gave out a best bet on that for the season. Over 350-ish? Is that, was that, I can't oh, no. remember. I can't remember. It might have been more. 
Uh, I th- actually, I think it was like 550. No, it wasn't 550. Well, how's this? Let's not yeah. guess. Yes. Let's not guess. Mackenzie, can you look that up? Yeah, it was over 500 and a half. Yeah, 500 and a half, not 550. Mm. Now, I love over 280. I knew there was a half in there somewhere. <laughs> now, my thought is, and you said it on one of the shows recently, the games that Buffalo that are competitive, he's going to run more. The games that aren't supposed to be competitive or they don't get, soon enough they're not, he won't. Do you think it's that simple that we bet the over when it's a, a line that is they're not favored by more than four points, let's say, or more I, than I, six? I do, even. and if you watch the Baltimore game, one of the key plays was a Josh Allen rushing touchdown where he ran over a couple guys and you know got past the pylon, selling out because it was the critical um, point of the game where they needed to get in the end zone. So the, here we have a list of the highest fourth-quarter win-share teams. And that's just saying, okay, what's been the average? And is this uh, this is the average, right? Okay, so Philadelphia over four games has had a ninety-seven percent chance of winning. On I mean, that's like they had every game wrapped up. Yep. Even the Detroit game was wrapped up. Even though we that was a loser of ours, we had Philly laying like what was it four? four? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Kansas City is second. Baltimore's third. Think about Baltimore. They'd be 4-0. Well, they're ahead every game by 14 uh-huh. nothing. But seems it, like. But it shows you they're only 79% in the fourth. Yeah. Philly's 97. All right. You know, you know I love flipping the numbers because 97, 77 sounds uh, somewhat competitive. But you say, well, wouldn't it be 79 if you flipped them? Yes. So look at the probability of losses. Uh-huh. The probability of loss. Now, now, now you go from a, a factor of three versus a factor of like in the number in the 20s. So it's, it's seven times. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's seven, seven times. times. Seven times. Yeah. So um, now this doesn't include Monday Night Football. You mean, to, oh, so you're saying like with a team that played tonight like the Rams. Okay, good. All right. That makes sense. Okay. But here's what's interesting, Fez. Buffalo's only at 71%. Buffalo's had a really tough schedule. Uh-huh. Have they? Yes. Really? I mean, they were 50-50 the Rams look in the like, last two games, right? I mean, the Rams haven't played well at all. Rams, Tennessee, Miami, Baltimore. That looks yeah, like the hardest yeah, schedule you. in the NFL. Well, harder than, ten- or harder than the Tampa Bay? Let's take a look. Tampa Bay, Rams, New Orleans, Green Bay, Canada. Oh, Tampa Bay's harder. Pretty, I agree. That's pretty tough. It's Both good. are tough. It's good, it, yeah. I think it swings on how good Miami is. Mm-hmm. You know, are they really like the fifth best, sixth best team in the league? Mm-hmm. If they are, because you could sure. make that case, right? Sure. But I, I like to just quantify a really hard schedule. And I agree. Yeah. Um, but here's what's fascinating. Oh, oh one, one thing. Buffalo. Uh, I, I'm going three through road the fourth games. quarter winter. Oh, three road games. For that's Buffalo. a good point. That's a good point. Okay. Philadelphia first, Kansas City is fourth quarter winter. Baltimore, Buffalo. And here comes what's interesting Cleveland. Seventy-one percent chance to win their games, and on average, that is the fifth best, sixth best in the league. Now, so they should be three and one, and they got a quarterback coming back. I think the North is not as good. I think since he's less than we thought. Yep. And I don't think Baltimore's. I don't think Lamar can keep. Here's the thing: Lamar is one of the three or four MVP candidates. This is strong. Does he keep this up? I'm not even saying if he gets injured. I'm saying just physically, one guy. When's the last time one guy carried an offense like this? Yeah. And Josh Allen's kind of doing it. Some Cincy and Baltimore. Our conversation is: Are they about what we expected or worse? For both of them, and Pittsburgh's garbage. No, no, no. That's not the way to say it. Sorry. This is a six-time Super Bowl champion. You've never won a, even your two-time Super Contest. No, Pittsburgh you got to win six. Pittsburgh has disappointed year to date. 
Exactly. Not garbage. <laughs> the Steelers are not garbage. Okay. <laughs> I got worked up about it. What's funny is the first time Mary went back to Ohio with me, I said, they take football very seriously back. She goes, mm. oh, I'm, I'll be fine. Apologies to the six-time champions. Well, yeah. here's what happened. Here this we was, go. Hold on. This was what... This was when Tennessee and the Steelers were very competitive. For whatever, yeah. there was like two years they were competitive. And, they, and then they went to the wayside. You know? But here's the thing. They were stomping on the terrible towel. The Tennessee team, you might remember that. a good choice that. or a bad choice? Bad. Because you go to hell, first of all. <laughs> yeah. but, but this is what ended up happening. We were watching the ABC feed, Channel 4 local, and they were interviewing Steeler fans. And one of them, the, the, it's a woman, and she's like got tears in her eyes. She goes, it's like stomping on the baby Jesus. They're, they are going to be struck down for this. And Mary looks at me and goes, what the hell is going on here? And it's like, you just called them garbage, Fez. Do you think about that, how many Steelers fans there are out there? I, I, I meant like, kind of like the garbage I, I think you should apologize. Say, apologize. say no, mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. I was referring more to like that garbage cheeseburger salad that we have. And like, what's that? Oh, it's just called a cheeseburger He's just trying salad. to confuse us now. Never mind. Okay. But I let's recant. Agree. Let's agree. Pittsburgh's not very good. All right. Underperformed. I think Baltimore's not great. I think they're... I don't think I think there might be the eighth or ninth best team in the league, not the fourth or fifth, like some people think. Yeah, and Cincy is is slightly worse than what we expected, maybe and more. maybe even more. Yeah, yeah. So I now agree. the question is, can Cleveland win this division? Of course, they yeah. Can. yeah. So and why? How are they eighty to one? Because the perception is they're playing lousy. McKenzie had a best bet on them. They can't be lousy. How? I mean, he's no way, right, McKenzie? Exactly. All right. So let's look quickly at the teams that have are right around eighty to one. The Saints, the Falcons are hundred to one. The Giants. Let the me. Giants think. are not winning the, Giants, the Super Bowl. The Falcons or the Browns. Yeah. Or the Raiders are sixty to one. I mean, that's insane. Even. My, Let's say the Giants could be the worst team in the league by the end of the year. No doubt. Not the worst. I think they could be 30th. It's interesting. You you liked me directionally, but then when I said worst, you're like, all right, maybe not worst. But let me ask you, if I said even money, if one of these teams wins the Super Bowl, you win $10,000 as a free roll. Browns, Raiders. Oh, you can have the field. You can have all those teams. I'll take Cleveland. I'll give you all three of them. But, but yeah, Browns. But Brown, so this the ain't Browns the one. over. You can have Atlanta, the Raiders, and you know, the Giants. You can put all three of them together, and I would, and I still would bet, you know, Cleveland. So, do you like it at eighty to one? No. Why not? Cockroach bookie. It should be like there's too much vigor. Uh, the, well, remember now, Fez. This is shopped. If you look around. Why don't you give us the shop like what what it was at the various books? Mackenzie? All right, one sec. Yeah, take your time. Um, because my point is, you got that in your head about the VIG, except when we do a shop consensus, the VIG's usually down I, below 8%. I want to address that. Yeah. I was thinking about this. Uh-huh. And you brought up great points. I was shocked at how low the house overall house rake is if you and, shop for the best and, number. And one thing we found is, once the season starts, if you have seven outs, you can get it down where it's like literally break even, no VIG, if I, you're shopping. I actually think if you looked at the top, 10 teams and you shopped all those, you'd have an edge taking the best number mm-hmm. of the top 10. Mm-hmm. I think all the excess vig is all on the underdog. But you teams. got nothing to back that up. I've got nothing to, other than when was the last time a unexpected team won the Super Bowl? Well, Eagles. Let, let, well, hold on a second. If we're dealing with 80 to 1, 
Well, we meaning that level, we've got the Rams 22 years ago, the greatest yeah, show on turf. Now we're going back a long but way. But are we when it's an 80 to 1 bet? Ah, that's a good point. Right? In theory, it happens once every 80 years. All right, that's good. I, I, you know what? And the Eagle, the Eagles, the year they won, I think they were very modest. They weren't very, starting the year because they. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, that they was got Carson Wentz second year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess my point is this: is Talib, however you say his name, I always forget who who just um, he was the guy that wrote the Black Swan was saying the re- because you just said oh that was a long time ago it's it's that bias of well yeah even a 25 to 1 shot would make sense every 22 year but it's just human nature there's you know, no way to a, fight it this is a good point because one of the you, you're you're accumulating this library with 1500 books I'm trying. and there's a recent book out there that's called winning and sports betting 2020 yeah um so and do you have do you have any ownership of the copyright of this zero okay i ahead. have zero like a because for someone book. that doesn't read a lot of i mean let's agree during the season you don't read a lot of books but the author you talk about a lot of books but it ties during the summer <laughs> but it ties in what you're saying the, the author talked about how logan fields how he made a killing in golf betting the field because he got 20 to 1 mm-hmm. but the, and people are like oh that guy's mm-hmm. he's not a contender he's not, but when you get like 20 guys in the field it's like 10 percent of the tournaments get won by an unknown let's think about in the world right the supposedly the 2008 housing crisis was a once every you know 500 year event or whatever right a five sigma event or whatever they call it except it was just recently yes. right and then it seems Donald Trump being elected what was that yeah right is these things tend to happen especially when they're correlated a lot of things are correlated that we don't understand are correlated they say when you interview a typical person and he says i am 99% mm. sure of something mm-hmm. he gets that answer right 90% of the time only he always, so we he, all he, think we're more sure, yeah. When you get to past ninety percent, he, he they they believe they're certain, and that's why people, so many people, wrongfully get you know put into prison where the jury says, "I'm sure he did it," and really, uh, you can never be one hundred point zero percent sure. Well, that's why they leave it very vague and say a reasonable yeah. doubt. Okay, did we have those? Uh, so Browns eighty to one it has it at Westgate and Bet Online. The most common number is sixty to one. DraftKings and Fanduel. You know what I love about that is that if Watson had been there all year long, the Browns over-under for season wins would have been like 10.25 or 10.5. And if anything, they've overperformed. And you could make the case they just lost a weighted coin flip game against them. But okay. And then they had Garrett, their best defender, out. They did. And cluster injuries. Remember, the league did give them the ultimate cupcake schedule. So they started out one second. Yeah. Carolina, Uh Jets. Pittsburgh, Atlanta. So it's going to get tough. Well, but hold on. Atlanta's a surprisingly good team. I mean, where's Atlanta at in your rankings? Yeah, 22nd. Okay. So they're slightly below average. Yeah, but the other three are worse. Again, that's what you think. The market disagreed with you with Pittsburgh. The market said, give us Pittsburgh, give us Pittsburgh. It got bet up to three and a half, right? Even. Yeah. 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 So I mean, at some point, like we're now. There's been an adjustment since, but where did you have the line Pittsburgh and the Jets? And and I'm thinking it wasn't three and a half. I had Pittsburgh. Let me do my power rankings. I had minus four. I had the Jets at minus six. I had so I had I had them being two points apart, and then home field in right around three. All right, right around. I don't three. know. I, well, I guess we figured that out last week. Our argument, which was that they are 
in proximity to these bad teams, but in a way, Pittsburgh, in your opinion, is the worst of the non-bad teams in a way because there's a like a two-point jump or whatever. Hey, I like Pittsburgh minus three, and I like the Jets plus three and a half. I had no dog. Did in the you fight. like the Jets plus three and a half? Yeah. Yeah, because we're, 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 we should have bet that no vig. Yeah, I mean, I would have liked to seen that, but yep. I guess not in hindsight. Yep. Okay, we are wrapping up, so let's go with uh, let's let's shift to the Baltimore game and that decision specifically. Okay, so, All right, so set up the decision. And give me your thoughts. Okay, the game is tied. Baltimore has the ball fourth and goal from the two and a half yard line. There's four minutes to play. The, the, temp, the weather is bad. It's raining, and Harbaugh elected to go for it. Most of the media is critical of him. Um, what happened is they threw a pass, got intercepted, and so the ball came out to the 20. Ultimately, Buffalo drove down the field, drove 79 yards, and kicked a one yard uh, from the one-yard line field goal to win the game. I agreed with Harbaugh. I'm a big believer. Don't go up three in that situation. Then you, you're losing three. 25 yards in field position when you kick off and Buffalo starts at the 25. Um, I know you lose that field position if you score the touchdown, but if you fail most of the time, you're going to stick Buffalo on the two. Who's winning if Buffalo's got the ball on their own two with four minutes to play? McKenzie, that's a good thought. Live wagering, Buffalo's on their own two. Who's winning? With the ball at the two-yard line, Baltimore, the defense, is most likely to score. I'm pretty sure the Vegas odds would agree. What, what's the answer, huh? The live odds will say if you if the so team you don't has the have the, you two, don't have the live odds. No, I don't. Uh, so what you're giving your opinion of who should have been favored. I and you think who should have been favored? Baltimore is most likely to score with Buffalo first and ten at the two. I agree with that. So you're saying if they had failed on fourth but not thrown an interception. Yes, that it Baltimore would, been, would 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 be a a modest favorite at that point. Not a big favorite, but a modest favorite. Would you think at what yard line does it break even? League. At the 20, who's the favorite? Oh, the offense. Okay. So league-wide, it's about the 13 and a half. Well, it's not league-wide. We're talking right. about the, the Bills. Right. So I think I think you got to probably bring it to the maybe the 8-yard line, 7 or 8-yard line. So what you're saying is, other than being pressed up against and having a Jimmy Garoppolo-type safety, it's offense. Because here's the thing that made no sense. So you're saying you like the 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 unchecked aggression, the irrational aggression, like like a 16 year old disgruntled girl on methamphetamine. That is the way you'd like to see games coached. Yes, because the, <laughs> because if you look at the math, if they make the touchdown. Oh, first of all, don't, let's not do the look at the math because you say that and it's a bla- it's an opaque black box most of the time. So if you, if you want to look at the math, let's look at the math. All right, let me do the math. They all score right. a touchdown. I think they win 75% of the time. All right. Well, let's think about it. They score a touchdown. They're up by seven. Yes. All right. Now, Buffalo gets the ball pretty much at, let's say, the 25 25. on average. Yeah. And at that point, them the, with four downs to go every all the way down the field, what do you think the chance of scoring is? Just under 50%. Well, hold on. Somewhere you just, hold on. You said when they were, if they were on like the eight yard line, they'd have a 50 50 chance of scoring. How could it be under 50 be, at the 25? Be, no, no. It's, it's, it's not them scoring from the eight. It's that who's going to score next when they're on the eight. It becomes a 50-50 proposition. Okay. So but there wasn't enough punt. time for the Buffalo to get a second drive. Well, the game would be tied. The uh, game was tied when yeah. this all was happening. So, so I'm just so saying. you're saying who would score next going into overtime? Yeah. I, yeah, I'd that's, not, that's not what we're interested right, in. So, so my point is, so you get well, the touchdown. Well, let's get the math straight. I'm, I'm doing the math. Let me do the math. Well, your math is contradicting it. Half the, time, half the time you score a touchdown, I think you win about 75% of the time. Half the time you fail, 
and you win 50% of the time. Well, Fez, you're throwing numbers out. We have no backing to that. I I want to hear them, and let's think it through. Yes. Here's the thing I don't get about you. If I got something I think I'm right, if we put a microscope on it, I don't mind a microscope. Let me do the You seem to have a problem with the microscope. Here's where I got the 75%. Okay. I'm going to be ultra conservative. I'm going to say Buffalo scores half the time when I kick off to them, and and I'm up seven. Okay. Right? They get a touchdown. I think, and you think that's conservative in what regard? I think it's actually slightly less than that. But I'm willing to go to 50%. All right, go ahead. And then if they do so, I'm going to win the game about half the time. If they score because of overtime. And I get the ball maybe with a minute left. So I might be at a slight, adva- I'd be at a slight disadvantage in overtime, but I'd be at, a, at an advantage if there was some time left on the clock if Buffalo scored with a minute left. And though play. this time they didn't, because they, they did, yep. uh, the Ravens were trying to let them score, they wouldn't do it. It could have been another sequence of events, a bigger pass play early, and then there's time left. Exactly. And I do have the best field goal kicker in the league, you know, so. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's so, so Buffalo's chance of winning two things, two 50-50 coin flips have to happen. They have to score, mm-hmm. then they have to win, okay, and now this after is they, if they tie the game. The, and what do you think um, the Ravens' chance of scoring from the two? I mean, that's like an extra, or that's like a two-point conversion. 50-50. Well, that's not 50-50, though. Two-point conversions are less than 50-50. They're close to 50%. Well, yeah, but it's like, and we got... In I got a tired defense at the well, end of the or game. Or you have the best defense in the league. Yeah, that's true. All right. But so let me use 50%. So, so half the time, I'm going to have a 75% chance of winning. I get the okay, touchdown. Okay, okay. Right, and I'm saying half the time I have at least a 50% chance if I fail and I stick Buffalo on the, on, on the two-yard line. Okay, so if you stick Buffalo in the two, well, what about the times that what actually happened? Well, that's so unlikely that you're going to turn the ball over and they're going to, and, and you're going to wind up that Buffalo is going to get the ball out on the twenty. But, but remember, now all it takes is an inter. I mean, it's usually unlikely if you weren't thrown into the end zone. The over under an interception for the entire game is like like one half. I mean, it's the the, the, the odds of throwing an interception there are very unlikely. Now, what's funny is Lamar Jackson. I think this was like his twenty fifth pass on fourth down in yeah. his career. It was his first interception. This is the one time he didn't want to throw an interception because oftentimes <laughs> when you want down, to throw the interception, you, you, you throw get the it up for grabs, right? Because right. it doesn't even matter, and, and your player has a chance of getting the ball. So, so going back to the math, if I'm going to half the time I have a 75 percent chance of winning, half the time I have a 50 percent chance of winning, I have a 62 and a half percent chance of winning by going for it. Okay, and what's the chance of winning if you go if you if you can't? I mean, 62 and a half is great, except all that matters is relative to the exactly. other option. So, if I'm ahead by three and I'm kicking off. Oh, you don't make the ball every time. You don't make the kick, but it's pretty close. Yeah, it's pretty close. So I think I went about 58% of the time. Well, but again, let's do the numbers. Well, I know the numbers you're going to make it. In, well, now it's a, it's a Monte Carlo simulation where you have to kind of go through everything. You're up three. All right, let's go through it. Yeah. Well, let me ask you. You're up three. Buffalo has the ball. Mm-hmm. What, do, what would you say? How right, often do you well, think Baltimore wins? Okay. If Let's assume you're right that they would score a touchdown half the time. Okay. Well, now they're not going to score a touchdown well, because now on. they don't need a touchdown. Let me finish the point. Yeah. yeah. Is but the only difference will be because time wasn't going to be the issue on no, that first they got, drive. Yeah, they got four minutes. All right. So now the only time that you would kick a field goal instead of scoring a touchdown of your half is when you hit a fourth down somewhere in field goal range. That's right. All right. And then you got to ask yourself: Is it's only that time? That they would go for it if down by seven, but they're going to kick the field goal. And let's be candid. The Bills aren't going to kick a lot of – there might be spots where old-time coaches would kick a field goal where if it's fourth and one, let's say, from the 22, they're probably going for it, right? Because they don't want to give Baltimore the ball back right. too, right? So I almost think it's going to be the same 50-50 with a slight difference of saying 
twenty percent of the t- oh, no no. Let's think of it like this: if fifty percent of the time they're going to score a touchdown, I think it goes to forty and ten. Beautiful. Well, you right. just made my point. So. Well, ho- hold on, hold on. So if it's forty and ten, and then we're saying amongst the ten they're going to win uh, a half the time. Right. The theory is, and thus they have a forty-five percent chance to win. So Baltimore is a fifty-five percent chance. Okay. So it's fifty-five, and you were saying it was sixty-three in the other one. Yes. Okay. Boy, I tell you this, all of that makes sense to me. And again, obviously you could see if the numbers were, I mean, maybe we're giving Buffalo a little, first off, I don't think we're giving Buffalo's defense enough credit. It is a top 5D. You'd agree with that, yeah, right? Yeah, so 50% is probably aggressive. Maybe the chance they make that, that fourth down conversion is only 46%. Why does the cornerback and the coach have a screaming match? Right? You saw that, right? Where during, even during the game, when they were lining up for the field goal, the cornerback, Peters, is screaming at Harbaugh like mother effing him. Because yeah, now you bring up a great point because the defenses don't like this. They do not like this. It makes you look like. They make it look like you no confidence exactly. in, in our ability to stop anyone. And so that's where the, that's the biggest problem with the analytics. Does it ruin It's a team? bunch of nerds Does it sitting ruin in their basement picking their effing nose. Chemistry. And that's an ex- I mean, it really is a legit point. You know, but the pure math—it's a slam dunk. But, it's, but so was the um, so was the housing cry. All those uh, swap, you know, um, CTO swaps were good too, until they weren't, right? I mean, I you know, I don't know. It just feels like it feels like if we did it this way for twenty years, that eventually there'd be kids that that played cornerback eventually that would be fine with it. But we're in today's reality. Well, and and that translates into teams going for two more, that teams are finally accepting the fact, oh, we're down eight, we're going to go for two, the math supports, and they don't get angry. But when they first teams first started doing that, but what, what, people are like, what, what are we would doing? Would that be pro-offense or defense going for two? Like it doesn't, I, it's not like an indictment of one side of the ball. Yeah, that's true. Right? This feels like an indictment of one side of the ball. Well, when, when, when Belichick went for like fourth and one from his own 28, the defense felt pissed off, you know, like, oh. Well, how do you, uh, you don't know that. Uh, well, it's human nature. No, like, I'm trust, just saying. They I trust they, us to be able to stop them. Well, I guess the reality was if you can stop them, if anything, you could make the case, I really trust the defense. Even if you're on the 25, I think you can stop them. <laughs> exactly. Right? So, but all I know is players react, and you've got to live in the world. You can't live in, in, in the ivory tower. Let's be honest. And, and by the way, in all this, on, on this I think it's, it, it's a leap of faith to say Buffalo wins half the time when they have to start on their own two-yard line on offense. It's less than 50%. Well, you could make the case that there was only, um, I think, if you look at the drive chart, they scored the like, like two of the three times that happened. I mean, let's just say this. For there being a 20-point game, Buffalo was getting the hang. Buffalo's offense got better as the game went on. No doubt. And that happened in the Miami game, too. They had a 15 and a 17-play drive in my, late in the second half against Miami also. Let me ask you a question. Where is there the positive plays like this? It feels like that the narrative, first off, what it feels like is this year has been, because here's what you're not accounting for. What do you think the NFL teams did the entire offseason, the defensive guys? They were looking at the too high, soft shell. They were looking at how to prevent the big plays. Well, I would make the case they were looking on how to stop the th- fourth and threes, the fourth and twos. Mm-hmm. Like the, I mean, coming in last oh. year, and the, the theory is that the, the, the rates are plummeting. Before it was like an aberration. Oh, they're going for it. What do we do? What kind of defense do we run? Now it feels like the D's are the D's not shocked. They're ready for it. It it feels to me, and this is eye test, which is always dangerous. But it feels like the defenses recognize that the analytics guys are going to run on 
they're going to run on fourth and one. So there's one play in particular in the Carolina Atlanta game, pretty obscure game. The Atlanta, Arizona, excuse me, Arizona went for it on fourth and one, and they lost like seven yards. It just got blown up mm-hmm. completely. It was almost like Carolina said, well, if, if you throw the ball, you're going to get a touchdown, but we know you're an analytics you're, you're team and you're going to run the ball, and so we're going to sell it to stop it. And it was a slam dunk to stop it. Wouldn't you say the eye test, and we can do some work on this, is the conversion rates on these kind of plays are less than they were last year? Yes, and I'm seeing more and more teams throwing the ball on fourth and one like they recognizing this just isn't going to work, even though the analytics say you pick it up more running on fourth and one. If anything, Kevin Cole talks about one of the great inefficiencies in football right now is they throw too much on like fourth and three, or like third and three and fourth and Mm -hmm. three. But now we're back to the idea on third and three, if you run the ball and you get two and a half yards and you're going for it, maybe there's an advantage in that. Yes. All right, let's do this. Every other game we haven't discussed, we will talk about with one or two points. It will be about a minute a game. So why don't you? Why don't we go rotation number? Um, Minnesota. So let's talk about the game in London. Uh, what's your main point? Main point is that I'm going to pay attention to London games because the, at the 6:30 a.m. start time, because four and a halfs popped up in this game. This line had been three for most of the week, and then it went to three and a half. And there was nothing to stop it because all the pros were asleep at 6.30 in the morning Pacific time, but the public was still betting this. So the buyback wasn't there. Exactly. There's a game this week that mimics it where the Giants are a huge underdog to Green Bay. If you like the Giants, bet it at 6 a.m. Pacific time. So you're saying bet it at post because if it runs up, you don't have as much fear of the buyback. Yes. In which then you would lose out on that number. Exactly. If we look at the stats, our average says that they should have been exactly an even game, 24-24 in the stats. But this is what's fascinating. You look at uh, what Kevin Cole had to say. He said that, oh, my, New Orleans should have won by 11 11. Wow. Um, huh, that is wild. Let's quickly look at what made up that. Turnovers, it was nothing. Oh, look at this. New Orleans. But this is pretty wild. New Orleans gained almost 10 points in the red zone. And Minnesota, well, it's inverse, so they lost 10. Well, what, where did Kevin Cole see? This is fascinating. Okay, I don't know. We'll dig into that one. Next game. Uh, Chargers, Texans. Uh, Chargers win the game by... We got lucky in that. Well, the, we, we had the Chargers. Oh, man, I think yeah, we You got, had the Chargers. I didn't... I, well, I, in the Super Contest, yeah, 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 we was, had them. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I upgraded the Chargers by half a point. I, you know, the stats maybe were, were not overwhelming, but the Chargers, it goes back to game script. They were up 20 at the end of the first half. <sighs> If you look at this, it was only an 82% chance to even win the game. Houston had an 18% chance to win that game. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to believe. Now, if we look at it and we say, all right, turnovers, Houston suffered by about four points. Okay, no big deal. Um, uh, Now we look at Houston lost 12 points in the green zone, as we call Mm -hmm. it. So they did poorly there. And then here it is, late down EPA. This is where the high variance happens. The Chargers picked up 21 points on third and fourth down. Wow. Oh, now, this isn't saying, oh, they went for it on fourth and they made it. That means they got lucky. No, we're saying based on how good they are as an offense, mm-hmm. based on league-wide trends, blended, they scored over three touchdowns more because of late down performance, which is pure variance. In theory, mm. if our if our methodology's right, mm-hmm. right? So I think it's right there. It's right there. And, yeah. and Kevin and uh, let's see what Kevin Cole was on that game. Um, let me see here. You know, we got to get a better way, Mackenzie, where I can look across these because it's just almost impossible. 
Um, I know you don't think about use, like using your content, but... No, you're right. The dotted line's going to help. I mean, at some point, I don't know how many weeks we're going to go without what I asked for, but maybe on Sunday, maybe you can find 15 minutes. What do you think? I think that's fair. All right. Okay. I I can't even do it. Chargers 23, Houston 20. Yeah, if I had a big screen, I could then, you know, uh, zoom it in and go across. It'd be easy. 23-20. So he's saying Chargers only by two. Three, yeah. Oh, 23-20. Okay. Um, Fez, I think you maybe don't. How can you upgrade the Chargers there? Because they're up 20 at, at half. So obviously the stats skew in the second half. When but the, we're not I even think... talking stats here. We're talking about fourth downs. It's 21 point. point, third and fourth. And Kevin Cole doesn't let All right, it. That's a good point. I mean, I'm just. But you know why I think maybe you do give them an upgrade? Because they were so deficient with injuries mm. that they probably did perform. Did you give them an upgrade or even? I actually a, I upgraded them by half. Chargers. Right. I don't think that's wrong because of this. They were so banged up. And I had so many questions, and the game was so bad against Jacksonville that yeah. I, I, I had concerns. Right. So you might have thought you were a little low to start with. Yes. Okay, next game. Giants um, against the Bears. Giants win. There were some sharp people on, on the Bears here. Oh, so, but big time. The, the line came down to two and a half. You know, Giants, I want to talk about the quarterback because you got Jones injured and you got the backup um, concussed. So I don't know if Tyrod Taylor. Taylor. No, he's almost certainly out, they're saying. Because yes. this game's in, they, they play in London, right? Yeah, Next. so we just got to keep an eye on, on. Well, supposedly it's the guy who was a backup, third string for the Bills last year, is who they're going to. Mm. Who You got that in the news, McKenzie? If not, look for Giants quarterback on Google News. I'll get a second. So, so just if Jones for, I think he'll go. But if he couldn't, nah, go, I'm hearing he probably won't really? go. Really? Okay. Yeah. So I wouldn't bet that. I and I'm not without, sure yet. So without updates, you'd need to know about Jones yeah. instead because now you got a third string quarterback. Here's what I would say though. My sense is that the third stringer might be better than we think because he's so familiar with the offense, mm. right? Because if you get a guy off the street. You're going to be pretty pessimistic. I think maybe it won't be as bad as we think. But real quick, let's look at how that game went. So if we look at the win share, it was Giants 94%. So they had that game. Nothing big in turnovers. Oh, Giants lost five points in turnovers. And here's where they really – Chicago lost 12 points on, uh, on, in the green zone. So it really was a green zone type of game. And that's it. And if you look at the yardage – we're saying Giants by three. Kevin Cole says Giants by 11. So Giants won the game. I mean, listen, at what point are we? It's Davis Webb, who, and he's with the Giants now. He was with. Uh, so he's not getting signed off the street, right? He just was an unknown. New one, no one really knew he was there, right? Correct. Okay. So, but he's been, he's been right. He was there the whole camp, mm. and he knows Dayball's offense. So I think he might not be as bad as we think. If, and, now the if tra- it's him. and the travel to London is going to make it more difficult, obviously. You know, mm-hmm. so it's a weird week already, and now you got to back Less up. prep time, yeah, in theory. Exactly. Now, it brings up another point, though. Who's the fourth string? Who's, who's the emergency quarterback? Because if you have a third stringer with no decent backup of the backup, then do you run him less? Like, usually you've got mobile quarterbacks that are often the third stringer. You know, I say no. I say if it gets hurt, you'll just lose. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's like you're, you're going to lose anyway. I guess if you're the favorite, yeah, and there's, maybe you're more concerned. And, and yeah. they're a big dog. Yeah, if you're the favorite, it's different. Yes. All right, next game. All right, uh, Jets-Steelers. You know, I think you probably have a better feel for this than I do. Well, I, I mean, the Steelers got rooked. Let's it was the most that. bizarre. This this is the most bizarre result where the Steelers went they from, were dominating. from dominating and having the game in control 
to losing outright. So I, I still can't quite grasp. Because Wilson somehow became the best quarterback in the league in the fourth I, quarter. I, I can't quite grasp how Wilson, you're right, became um, a competent quarterback, and obviously the Steelers threw three interceptions. Look at that chart. It's like the in That's the a second roller coaster yeah, wind shear there. But in the second half, they were down about the whole second half. The Jets were about twenty percent, mm-hmm. and then true right at the. But top. I still upgrade the Jets a half because yeah. you know they won the game. I agree. Wilson Wilson and was anything, better. Than, re- well, but and he looked first healthy. three quarters. He looked three quarters. He looked as bad, if not worse, than last year. But but he, but he, Wilson did look healthy to me. He didn't look oh, like he was gimpy or anything. That might be a problem. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, the question is, if the fourth quarter was a fluke, then the Jets are worse off than with Flacco. Mm-hmm. If the fourth quarter is a harbinger of things to come, a lot of reason for optimism. Um, real quick, Pittsburgh lost 12 points by turnovers. 12 points. Well, actually 14 if you count the other side of the equation. And uh, so 14 points in turnovers. They lost six points in the green zone. I mean, it just was a everything except the stats. It was a disaster, but still they were they lost with the stats by a little bit by a point. Kevin Cole said Pittsburgh should have won by. Let me see, is it Pittsburgh or is it? Uh, let me see here. Yeah, he has oh, Jesus Christ. He has Pittsburgh winning by sixteen. Hmm. Sixteen. Huh. And somehow they lost fast. How much would you have bet them minus three given that? That's what I'm wondering. I'm yeah. wondering if you should apologize for thinking right. Pittsburgh wasn't any good. But then I'm thinking, I don't know. I, t- I tell you who isn't any good. The, the Panthers are not any good. Keep I, going. I downgrade the Panthers two points. I thought they, they got they got a defensive touchdown second week in a row against the Cardinals. They were a no-show. They got crushed statistically. Um, I only upgraded Arizona by one. I thought this was all about Baker Mayfield being booed. I think they've lost all confidence in them. Two-point downgrade Carolina. Well, what's the alternative to Baker Mayfield? Well, you've got Darnold coming He's still, back. Yeah, He's I'll, getting healthy now. I think he was cleared today, actually. Cleared today for what? <laughs> I tell you this. I think it's pretty much – I think the coaches start packing when Darnold starts the next mm. game. I mean, I, I really think the houses – I mean, wouldn't it be funny if it's like we have, an, we have two announcements? One, Matt Rule says the starting quarterback on Sunday will be Sam Darnold. Number two, I have a four-bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's look at some numbers. Probably a 14-bedroom. Carolina lost 10 points because of turnovers. And remember, this isn't saying based on what should have happened. There was not much in the green zone or late or kicking. So in general, it was a 10-point adjustment. And you know what? They lost by 10. All right? Statistics say they should have lost by 6. Kevin Cole says they should have lost by three. So in general, Kevin Cole is agreeing with us almost every – if all you do is look at turnovers, third down, fourth down, and kicking, we are pretty close to Kevin Cole. But I'm disagreeing with him on this one game because I massively downgraded Carolina. Yeah, except I wonder how much – I can see the touchy-feely part of if Baker, if people give up on him, it's going to hurt. And really his body language is very poor right now. And you know what might have been the worst thing that could have happened to him was playing that Cleveland game first. Because he loves attention, and now it's like he's in obscurity at this point. I don't even see him on commercials anymore. All right. Anything else? What about other games? That's it. Let's, you know, let's talk about the Patriots. We didn't talk Green Bay, New England? That's what we're doing right now, Patriots. Okay. Yes. Um, quarterbacks. We didn't talk Tampa in the ring? Ra- the... we're, we're going in rotation order. Oh, I thought you said that's it, but you no. meant that game. Yes. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yes. Sorry. So, Patriots, you know what? 
I don't know if Hoyer's going to play concussed. The one thing I want to say is, you know, these these guys in concussion protocol with this whole Tua situation, I think we might see a lot of like teams be less, a little conservative. Exactly. So now I got a, a case where. Um, I don't know enough about Zappy to be able to make a power rating with uh, with New England. They obviously were super conservative with them in this Green Bay game. So too much ambiguity for me in that. All right. So next game, uh, Denver Raiders. I oh oh, I think the one key factor with the going on with the Broncos. It's obvious that they lost their starting running back. All right. Um, what's not so obvious is their backup running back, Melvin Gordon. Has Fumbles. Fumbleitis. Four this year. And the third string quarterback, Mike Brown, is like a fullback. He can't catch. He dropped two passes in the fourth quarter. That uh, this is so the cluster injury aspect of this. If Gordon's not is, is going to split time with um, the third string running back, this is a big deal for Denver. The theory is split in time because they don't want him to have exposure to fumbling. Yes, it's Boone. Boone. Mike Boone is the. Could third it string. be that that they pass more? Could we look yes. at Russell Wilson attempts over? Ooh. Yes. I think so. Because they, they're not afraid to pass short either. Wilson might run more, too, to pick up no, the No, he, he waddles, yeah, he you're, waddles you're, when you're, he runs. Yes. Yeah. I mean, maybe a couple more, but I mean, I would go with, with attempts, not yards. Yeah, but this losing, losing you, you know, the, the Broncos were stacked at running back, and now they're, they got the worst running back. But if it's, a normal, if it's a normal number, you like the over I do. on uh, pass attempts, maybe. Yes. Because uh, yeah, because I, I think a lot of short passes. I don't want to bet. I and I don't want to bet on Russell Wilson yards, but I like usage. Bets. Yeah, I agree. I like that. All right, so real quick here, Denver had a ninety percent chance to win. They actually lost. 11... Denver had ninety percent. What? Yeah, uh, Raiders. Mm, oh, Raiders ninety percent chance to win. Denver ten, and the Raiders though gained eleven points on tur- uh, turnover luck. That's the whole game right there. Not much else. Look at this. Oh, yeah, there was only one turnover, but that was the Melvin Gordon s- scoop and score 50-yard fumble recovery. So that's a nine-point swing. Yeah, so somehow they lost 11. So hmm. was there more than one turnover, McKenzie? Den- you- Denver also gets credit, um, for be- or the Raiders get credit for having turnover-worthy plays that don't become interceptions. Ah. Yeah, so the theory is, like, what should have happened? Ah. Right. And and that's because in theory, we know statistically if there's a turnover worthy play, how often it turns into a turnover. And that's if you have them, you got to they got lucky not having them. Yes. And that one Gordon fumble was a ten and a half point play. One of the biggest plays of the season by EPA. Now think about that. And somehow I had Denver plus three or we had it in the contest. Still three and two for the week. Should have been four and one. I, I, I as usual. Here's what I would say. They lost by nine eventually. By the way, Boone dropped. A long pass. They easily could have gotten the back door at the end of the game, too. And you like the back door. By four, Denver should have won by the stats. <laughs> and, Den- and Kevin Cole says... Denver the Raiders? No, Denver by four. Really? Uh, no, I'm sorry. Raiders by four. Okay, that makes more sense. And here, this is interesting. Kevin Cole doesn't want to hear any of this crap. He's got the Raiders by 14. Mm. 14 in that game. Wow. Because he expects Gordon to fumble. You listen to the pod, right, McKenzie? I didn't catch that game, though. Okay. How did you get to the margin? He also tweets it out. Oh, I was wondering how you mm. were getting. Okay. Well, it's good you caught it. All right. So this is a, it's another game to dig into because this is new to me, all these numbers. I want to figure out why things seem so off, right? Because on one hand, the turnovers tell us one thing. Okay. Next game. Last game, Chiefs, Buccaneers. Oh, we got Green Bay, New England, don't we? 
Uh, we just talked about that. What with we, the, with, with, well, we talked about the quarterback. Well, like, yeah, I, I'm, staying, I'm staying away from it because of the right, – I don't know what to make of Zappi. Only a 55% chance to win Green Bay had. 55% fourth quarter. Green Bay dominates the stats, but they easily could have lost. And remember, this doesn't have anything to do with how they got there, the, the fourth quarter win share. It's based on the reality of every snap in the fourth quarter, what was the win percentage right. weighted. Because Rodgers threw a pick six, which he never does, and one of, and Rodgers, one of his wide receivers, dropped the touchdown bomb. So there's there's an yeah, eleven point he, swing on those two yeah, plays. I don't like I don't I don't ever care about drops. I get it. I just we don't. I think of anything with these turnovers. What we've seen is you know what we'll do next week. Mm. I'm going to tell you what to pick the five games you thought turnovers mattered the most. Okay, and we'll see what the real turnover numbers. I like are. that because I think at least. Three out of ten, you're, we're going to just be playing wrong on. Real quick, though, Green Bay only lost three points in turnovers. So, okay. They gained eight points in the green zone. But you know something? Here's something we got to think about with the green zone. Quarterbacks like Hoyer, quarterbacks like Zappi, they usually are too, inside uh, 20 to 20, they do better. You get down deep, tighter windows. It's hard for those weak arm quarterbacks to do well. You're stealing my thunder for the oh, last that, game. Oh, okay. Uh, let's say way to that then. Chiefs, Buccaneers. So I upgraded Kansas City by a point. And this is all about exactly what you said. In the red zone, where it's the most difficult, this Mahomes, and on third downs, mm-hmm. he is the most incredible playmaker. He breaks all the rules. I'm sure you, I don't know if you saw it, but there was one play in the red zone. He is surrounded by guys, and he just like somehow avoids a tackle, and mm-hmm. and then he, he stops, and, yeah. and and he just throws an alley oop to 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 see see Clyde Hilaire, Hilaire mm-hmm. I can't pronounce his name C E H whatever. I, it is. What I would say is it's just it, no other quarterback it, can make that play. He yeah. is the only one. He violates every basic strategy play, but yet when as soon as he let go of it, I'm like that's a touchdown. He's just incredible. Well, if you actually look. When it comes to the green zone, and this speaks well to our calibrations, we had it where it was a half a point of edge Kansas City had, meaning we assume Kansas City does well there. Mm. I, I think that's an encouraging number, McKenzie. Uh, late down, though, they gained five points, Kansas City, third and fourth down. Um, and if we look at stats real quick, the stats say that they should have won by seven, Casey. They won by ten. Kevin Cole says eight. So, in, But it's interesting. Most people said, oh, 10, that's closer than it should have been. Well, we're saying it should have been closer yet, mm. right? What do you think? I mean, and I'm not saying we don't upgrade KC because I think— I there, thought 10 was a fair final score. I think there was real questions after that Colts game how good KC was. Oh, no, no, no doubt about it. And one thing, I think we can flip Tampa. Tampa was a dead nut unders team. Now Tampa's getting the receivers back. Brady looks competent. Yeah, but I don't think you downgrade the D too much. It was here's what we got to see about Andy Reid, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a guy that, that talks about the good plays, right? And the good plays come out at a certain point with certain coaches. I think Andy Reid has plays. He doesn't. He'll lose that game to the Colts. Let's say he could have unleashed a few of those plays and took his chance of winning from fifty percent to sixty-five. Mm-hmm. But if it hurts his chance against the next game, where he thinks he needs them, it does feel like Andy Reid does better in the bigger games in the regular season. And if that's the case, doesn't that speak to we got to handicap that way? Yeah. 
and upgrade their power rating for the most important game. Yeah, because don't they? When there's usually a marquee game, well, Kansas we talked City about this well. for. Wasn't there an entire year where Kansas City was like, like we said, they they actually clutched. They just wait till the fourth quarter Which, and then they won all their games close. But ones. it was usually when they were favored by like eight or yeah, whatever. They were trailing by three in the start fourth quarter and they win by six. And maybe some of it was they went more vanilla in those games. Yes. Okay. All right. So that's it. We're, next week we'll do the anatomy of a turnover. Um, cause this went long. I don't know where we would have saved time to be honest. I mean, this, we blazed through this thing, but we'll keep trying. And, uh, we remember we're going to have the line report. It's going to be really succinct this week. That's going to be a separate pod and straight out of Vegas AM feds. You're on there. So Tuesday, check it out. You're going to talk about the Monday night football game, which we're not even touching on here. Beautiful. Talk to you tomorrow.